Welcome back to another episode of the No Further Comments podcast, the week of November 7th. I'm your co-host, Alex Meacham, and to my left to is the, left. the talented Mr. Glenn Riley. What's happening, man? Election day is tomorrow. I'll be there with my gun manning the polls. <laughs> We're going to get into that a little bit more later in the podcast. But first, as we always start off our podcast, Jersey, Jersey Numbers. Number 12, podcast number 12. Let's start with baseball. Is there any prominent baseball number 12? I, I was hard-pressed to think of this. I, I think Roberto Alomar. Okay. Who, who who signed my card as a child, mind you. Once again. Yeah. Just keep. You send baseball cards to the team. To the team in care of the player. He signs it. He signs it, sends it back. You 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 include... And then the, that the, becomes the, your favorite player, more or less. It, it you you you'll never forget that because because he he didn't have to spend that time on 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 twelve year old Glenn. Did anybody not send one back that you remember? Uh, I'm sure there were. I I, I I'm I'm looking at you, Greg Jeffries, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, you 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 would include a self addressed stamped envelope, so. In theory, they just had to sign it, put it in the envelope, lick it, and give it to to somebody on, on you know, give it to the, the trainer or some lackey around, you know, the the Padres organization and, right. and to do it. So, I mean, what if one of the lackeys signed it for you? You just didn't know. I, I don't want to think about such things. What What if I voted for you, <laughs> Nick Asaski? Wow, we had a. Um, um, Scott Sheridan, you know, the, the uh, promoter, um, club promoter locally, and he used to have a club called Claw, and they had a Reds night, mm-hmm. and everybody rocked jerseys, but folks were getting, um, you know, their own, like, like jersey made, so you just What year was like, this? Mm, this was probably 2002, two, three, somewhere around there. Okay. And um, Claw used to be pop. Yeah, I... And I killed them. Um, who, did, who did I get? I think I busted out um, Mario Soto. Mm-hmm. But somebody broke out of Nick Asaski and killed the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That that, that, that was the time. Um, anybody else in baseball? No, you got anybody else? Yeah, it was odd. Deion Sanders wore 12 with the Reds okay. and 21 and 2. Yeah, he kept coming back to the Reds. Deion Sanders played for like seven like he was like seven major league stops like all total like he played for the Yankees to start he played for the Braves I think twice yeah that was bizarre he has some cold-blooded um cleats though one one of the baseball cleats I wish I had gotten and which one uh was the ones when he was playing for the Braves they they, they retro him a lot but they okay. retro him in the the trainer style but the the baseball style is is, is street legal so <laughs> you 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 know my feelings on that I sure do Let's talk about basketball. Uh, John Stockton, I guess, would be the most prominent. Easily. Uh, the um, the the god Kenny Anderson <laughs> at, at, at Georgia Tech. Yep. And, and previous to that, Archbishop Malloy High School. Yep. Yeah, Kenny Anderson was was, was so cold, and then just, he was. just never really um, turned the party out. You think he think he made All Star one year at the Celtics in the NBA. And then he got mixed up with that crazy Tammy chick from the real world MTV, and 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 things went went down here there. But by the way, uh, his daughters 
I, I, they, they, I, I, good, good, good work on that, that kitty. Nice assist on that one. Uh, Who else you got on hoops? Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, I guess. Okay, which is weird. Like twelve seems like a definitive point guard number, and, and Lamarcus Aldridge is, you know. 6'11", so I don't know what he's doing with 12. And Dwight Howard, speaking of which. Speaking of awkward 7-footers that they mm-hmm. shouldn't be wearing 12. 12 also is the amount of um, kids um, Dwight Howard has out of wedlock. Who, who who came in the league as a rookie and said he wanted to put the the um, crucifix on as, as the NBA logo because he was he was that religious. And and. Dwight Howard said this? Dwight Howard said that. I don't remember that. C- countless um, kids out of wedlock. I wonder how he still feels about, about putting putting that. Vladdy Divac. Vladdy. Tra- traded for Kobe Bryant. S- smart move, Hornets fans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was so crazy. One more Celtic. Celtics have so many numbers retired. Who Who, who is that? Pat Riley. Pat Riley? Yep. Play for the Celtics? Wore, no, well, he wore number 12. Okay. Well, obviously he coached, but. Yeah, but he played for the Celtics. Uh, Lakers. Okay. I said Lakers, didn't I? No, you said Celtics. Oh, I'm sorry. I said, I'm going to say Lakers. Oh, okay. Sorry. I went from Vladi, okay. Laker, another Laker. Pat Riley played for, for the Lakers? Uh-huh. I did not know that. Okay. Number, number 12. I don't, I don't know. I know. I know he played for uh, Kentucky. As, as a in college, but yeah. And I got another number twelve for you. Well, who's that now? Michael Jordan. Oh, that that, that that foolishness. We couldn't find this jersey. That counts. That that doesn't count. Did you ever hear the story behind that? Mm-mm. Apparently, that game, his jersey ended up missing, and they went to the stands okay. and tried to find some one with the, the uh, Michael Jordan jersey. Yeah. And they were going to take it, buy it off the guy. And they couldn't find that? And they couldn't find one his size. Okay. Most of them were kids. Okay. No, no adult had a, you know. <laughs> they weren't on his bird like that. <laughs> so then um, they they couldn't find it. So obviously they, they gave him number 12. Uh-huh. But it was. Um, I would have protested like a bug if I was on the No, no. If you, you can't. That, that, that's illegal. Well, like two weeks later, they found the jersey. Okay. And it was in the ceiling tile in the visitor's locker room. Well, somebody stole it? Yeah. Oh, well. That's that's where they found it. Did you ever hear the, the, the ceiling tile story? I believe it was the, man, who beat the um, the um, Lakers? Did, um, I think the Pistons. The Pistons beat the Lakers, right, in the in uh, finals, I think, in um, the late 90s. Early two thousands? Yeah, no, no. Um, in like nineteen ninety, I mean, um, we might have to like nineteen eighty nine, nineteen. Well, the story is basically yeah, they, the okay. Beat them. Yeah, what they did, they went to the um, Lakers stadium and uh, the forum, and I guess they, I don't know if they won or they lost, but I think they lost, and they were they were super salty, and they knew that they were the dominant team in the East, and they were gonna have to play them. And I think the Lakers um, had home field or home court, and they would be playing them in like six and seven or whatever. Uh huh. And they put like a bunch of money in the rafter in in the the um, the top of the visitors' locker room, and they said, 
when they won, they were going to get their money, and they did that. No, no one, no one checked the um, the tiles or anything. Really? Yeah, not that not the people should, but from now on, I'm, I'm checking. You know, if I'm cleaning <laughs> up, like yo, I, I don't know what what. <laughs> I was just doing my job, and I found this cast. So, so, uh, so yeah, so Pat Riley, look at this. Uh huh. It's him right there. Oh, okay. Just googled a picture of him. It's a good looking man. Yeah, Pat Riley was that's always a, smooth. That's a strong beard. <laughs> Pat Riley was was Number getting 12. on him j- just as much as the. Um, Pat Riley married. I would assume. Are there so. are they are there their kids? Are there younger Rileys? You would have thought there would have been um you know one Riley to another. I often wonder. Maybe I'm I'm the that's your cousin. I'm the illegitimate son of Pat Riley. <laughs> I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a claim that in the name name of Jesus Christ. Mario, we need you to do research on that. Pat Riley married with kids. Check that. But don't leave out Bruce Bowen though. Great number twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Just th- 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 throwing around that word great. Never made an All Star game, but but all right. Bruce Bowen, thanks, uh, thanks Mario. Let's let's move on to football. Well, football. That's, that's that, where we're that, really gonna. Yeah, that, that's where we we make our bones at. Um, I want to hear who your first one is. Well, I mean, if we just go in chronological order, you got Namath. Okay. You got Bradshaw. You got Brady, and you have the the great Roger Staubach, who arguably. Would have had uh, even more than two Super Bowl victories had he not spent like way too many years in the Navy. Yeah, like he, he came. He was like twenty eight or something by the time he started playing with uh, the Cowboys. He was the original Hail Mary guy. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yep. that, that's that's he, he coined the term. Yep, just like Deacon Jones coined the sack term. Mm-hmm. Who else did you say? Uh, Brady. Yep. Namath. Namath. Who else you got? Uh, Joe Namath threw more interceptions than touchdowns. How dare you? I mean, twelve has been a a, a real solid number. Like you know, Andrew Luck. Um, yep. I don't know. I mean, it starts to deteriorate as far as like like really Hall of Fame caliber dudes. Um, like John Brody, I think one one number twelve as well. Okay. Yeah. Um. Jim Kelly. Yeah, Jim Kelly, that's right. Lost all four Super Bowls. That's a shame. Whereas the, Terry Bradshaw won all four Super Bowls. You know my Jim Kelly thing is the weather theory once again, that it's, they won home field for all of those playoff runs and then were playing in like, you know, they're getting the advantage because all the teams have to go up in, in, in the Buffalo in the middle of, of January and play them, but then after that, you know, now they got to play in a dome, and that feels like just inherently unfair to like the cold weather team. You know what I'm saying? Like think of the Bengals, like when they made their runs, and it's like super cold in Cincinnati. You playing the freezer bowl and all that, and then you got to play in a dome, or you got to play in Miami. Like that's that's not that's not equity. Yeah. Hey Mario, I've got one for you. Number twelve, Randall Cunningham. You're not gonna say anything. It's an eagle. That Come does, on. Doesn't move you. You know, you're not. I'm not moved. I mean, it's not like it's McNabb, but I mean, I'll take it. Okay. All I, right. All right. I wanted to say he was a better quarterback than McNabb. Oh, don't, don't you even. Don't yeah. fix your lips. Yeah. Well, what do you think about Jim Kelly saying Tom Brady is the GOAT? I agree. Mm, I don't know. I would have liked to have seen him with, with 
if he was with a different coach, I mean, I don't know if you can ever separate the um, the coaches with the quarterbacks because everybody tends to do it in tandem with a guy. Mm-hmm. So I might say I think Staubach could have won four. I think, I mean, I think John Elway. If you're just picking from scratch, I would pick John Elway first in a in a all time, um, you know, NFL player draft. Because John Elway took the, the three losses John Elway had in the Super Bowl were teams that did not have the talent to be playing the Super Bowl. And he just got them there on just just sheer will alone. I mean, if you just look at like like, you know, how many Hall of Famers did did, did he play with until you know in those first three years? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he lost three. Buffalo lost four, and Buffalo has like five Hall of Famers on that team. John Elway had, I don't believe, a single Hall of Famer. I mean, you had guys that were that were legit, like your Steve Atwaters and Carl Mecklenburgs and stuff like that. Where, but, where does Joe Montana fall for you? Uh, in general, people say he's number one because he was four and zero. But I don't like that four and zero debate. Like, oh, he was perfect as opposed to four and two because that means he's being penalized because he actually got to the final game. And so I would, I would. And, and Brady's two losses are super, like, fluky stuff involved with the Giants to win those games. So he could have just as easily been six and zero. I mean, Vinatieri could have missed a couple of, um, field goals, so you can you can count that against him. But I mean, Montana was a, was a beast, like in, in just crunch time. He just was like, man. I mean, if if I didn't hate Joe Montana through, throughout the eighties, I, I don't know. I might I might have. I was a big Steve Young fan. I like Steve Young better. Okay, and hey, Mario. Who's your goat? Donovan McNabb. Honestly, I, I do like John Elway. You know what I mean? Growing up, that was like the very very first Super Bowl party I ever had was uh, the Falcons and the Broncos. But what Tom Brady does is amazing. I think that if John Elway doesn't win those two Super Bowls on his way out, that's not how we remember him. You know what I mean? I think that that really forms a strong – it helps you form a strong opinion for John Elway just because that's the way he left. Yeah. But, I mean – if we're looking at numbers, I got to go Brady. I'm sorry. Okay, that's your guy. Well, hey, week nine of the NFL, and a report came out that the NFL ratings plummeting are super low. Yeah. They're down 19% oh, wow. on Sunday night. Okay. They're down 24% on Monday night. They're down 18% on Thursday. That's compared to 2015. Okay, what what are they? The first seven what are weeks. they on? Just the regular, just regular Sunday games. So. Uh, they didn't. They didn't say that. Okay, I I mean I think that the primetime games have been 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 crap. Mm-hmm. And that Thursday game, you're gonna have to to bring out more than, than colorful uniforms. You expect people to watch, um, you know, the Titans and the Jaguars. Like that's just not. That's yeah, not, right. that's, that's not, not that's not moving the needle. Yeah, could almost. Yeah, I feel like you know there was a time which you like I would have thought like you could just have football every night during the week, but you know like I feel like you, you just want a break from it, you know what I mean? And it's it's really starting to raise the question like, can the media make anything they want to be important important? Because like with the election, on a certain level, it feels like football is like trite, and I always say like having like um, you know cable news. And a 
presidential year is like Sports Center. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can watch this just as well as you know. But um, I don't know. I don't know if it's indicative of anything thing to to come. I mean, I'm gonna be eager to see what it does. You know, once the election's over, like start next week, and everybody can kind of like take a deep breath collectively as a nation. And well, let me let me uh, let me read to you LeBron James quote. He was okay. asked about the NFL's low ratings because he's a huge Cowboys fan, uh-huh. which I want to talk about shortly. He said, I've heard some comments from some of the players as far as the game. The fun part of it is kind of being taken away. Richard Sermon also yeah, made yeah. comments that it's the no fun league. Uh huh. I think there's merit to it. I mean, there there is a certain thing that if you're you're squashing the personalities of the player you're you're limiting, you know, people's interest just for the fact that, you know, like someone like a a Chad Johnson would be some people would really like him, some people would would really dislike him, but you at least elicited a strong emotion. And it's like if nobody can and dance you'd watch. Yeah, exactly. Cause cause you you're not watching if you don't care. But you'll watch if you hate, and you'll watch if you love, and and, and therein lies. So I think that has more merit than a lot of the um, the um, theories people were trotting out. But well, when I when I think of all the different professional sports, the NFL is one sport that I think has strong personalities and characters. Yeah, in their game, and when they try to keep those guys from showing their emotion and doing some things that, that, that does take away the fun. Like Richard Sherman, yeah. you know, was saying, cause people, I think, let me say this too. Mm-hmm. I think people, a, a good study is AJ green. Okay. All right. Now AJ green is not, they're not holding him back. He's not boisterous. He's a very quiet guy. Yeah. And from, from what I've seen and you're a bigger NFL guy than I am, he's one of the best in the league, oh yeah, I mean, he, and he's, he's is he? Do you think he's getting the attention that he deserves? No, right. I mean, AJ Green is is a superior player to Chad Johnson, and he and he's basically on his, on his way to be the Bengals' first second Hall of Famer all time after after Munoz. I mean, he's just dominant. Like I think he's the, the only player in NFL history to have um, five consecutive thousand yard seasons to start his career. So, but I mean, he doesn't draw attention to himself, right. and and like I said, I don't think he's the type of dude that would do so if if there were no restrictions. That's just not his, his makeup. But if you're limiting the guys that do, it's kind of like for the the viewership, you don't need everyone to be AJ Green. So if you had you know, you know, someone like Odell Beckham, you at least come to watch the game. You know what I'm saying, and and if you right. had, you know, Odell Beckham, I guess does got is making enough money that he can he can take the fine or whatever, and and Josh Norman as well. But you need, I would say every team, every team should just designate a dude like, look, you do it the hell you want, and we got yeah. you, we got you on the fine because because you're bringing you're bringing you need uh, that personality, especially yeah. in a sport, you know, you know, a, a sport, a combat sport that they're playing. Yeah. It's not like basketball. I mean, they got personalities in basketball, yeah, but I think in football you need that guy. Well, in basketball, you're able to emote just for the fact that you can see the players. Like like Steph Curry missed the shot and he made a face, and we can see the face. But like in, right. in the NFL. It's not like we're we're zooming in and just really can get the emotion that you can in, in basketball. We're just you know naked there before the screen and everyone can like like pick up on that. But 
Let's talk about LeBron James. He's a big Cowboys fan. Yep. Why isn't he a big Browns fan? Because the Browns were not a competitive organization. But he's all in in Cleveland. You don't understand. Cleveland over the world. He's from, he's from Akron. He's from Akron, Ohio. He's not wearing Akron against the world t-shirts. They don't make those. It's Cleveland you, against you, the world. You, he was all in with you, the Indians. You, you talked to Floyd about that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know he's in a difficult spot. Yeah, I know, I know. It, but I'm surprised he hasn't got more crap about that. Yeah. But at the same time, the, the, Wait, the Browns, what if the Browns became good? Do you, do you what, think he start rocking the Browns hat? What if monkeys flew out of my butt? <laughs> neither did you see neither he, of which is going to happen. Did you see he was with uh, Hillary Clinton when they announced that the um, the um, FBI wasn't going to, you know, but was clearing her of any charges in um, the latest email thing? That that happened. Well, I saw they had the uh, the event together. Yeah, well, that happened while she was with LeBron. Okay, when the news came down. Proving once again that LeBron James improves your team like 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 virtually no nobody in, in NBA history. The king. So hey, ratings are low, mm-hmm. but jersey sales, okay, merchandise is at an all time high. Really? Yes. So who cares about the ratings? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the merchandise is up twenty percent. Well, that's just year be- to date. That's just because of Kaepernick. Now let me let me ask you this: Well, Kaepernick has fallen out of the top five yeah, for jersey sales. Yeah, that, that, that couldn't that couldn't right. continue. So, who do you think's number one? Mm, I'm guessing Dak or Ezekiel, right? You, you're right, Ezekiel. Okay. Yep. Dak is number five. Okay. Okay. Let's let's do two, three, and four. Uh, I have a feeling you're gonna get you're gonna get one of them for sure. So number one is Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. So number we're two. basically just shoot for two, three, and four. Uh Derek Carr? Nope. Is Brady there? Yep. Okay. Brady's, I knew you would Brady's get still him. there. Yep. I'm trying to think of somebody who's recently on the come up because you would have to buy his jersey again. Is Cam there? Nope. Cam's falling out. You um, you mentioned this guy. Odell. Uh, yep. Odell Beckham. Yeah. And who's the other one? Carson Wentz. Okay. Mario's guy. Man. No, Carson is number two. So Ezekiel Elliott, number one. Carson Wentz, number two. Tom Brady, three. Odell Beckham, four. Dak Prescott, number five. Okay. And merchandise sales are up 20%. Let's talk about the uh, the rankings here. We got the AFC East. The Pats are seven and one. All right. In the North, the Ravens are four and four. Steelers are four and four at the top. The Bengals are three and four. Three, four, and one. I always forget the dang one. Yeah. They need to change that. No. That 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 comes back. That, that's such a it's funny that the tie ultimately will be the tiebreaker. Because You like so you like the tie? The, I don't like format, it. The, the I don't like it in the of, moment, but I'm saying since it's there, it it means that they will not be tied with another team in their division because there there'll either be a half a game up or half a game down, presuming they don't tie themselves. You think the Bengals are going to finish strong? Yeah, well, their their, their schedule was heavily front loaded. Like right. I said before, people don't know this, but the NFL traditionally front loads the schedules of the teams who were in the um, the um, playoffs the previous year. Mm-hmm. Henceforth, it creates like like all all four and four and four teams are not created equally. So, like the four and four of the Steelers is a lot stronger four and four than the Ravens Mm because the Ravens haven't played 
like the Patriots and the Cowboys, I don't think, like like the, the tough teams that mm-hmm. the um, Bengals and the Steelers have played. So they'll begin to fall off, and then the Bengals will begin to rise, hopefully. We'll see. In the AFC South, the Texans are 5-3. and three. In the AFC West, the Raiders are 7-2. and two. And speaking of merchandise, let's talk about the Raiders. They're, they're back, man. Finally, Al Davis died, and, and we can get some, some – that, con- that was the key? It tends to 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 to. That's when things start to. There was just that 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 organization was just disheveled. Just every year was Very a, much so. the different coach, and his whole thing was like just picking fast wide receivers in, a, in an attempt to replicate Cliff Branch. He was never able to replicate <laughs> Clifford Branch from from, from the seventies. How about the sales of the Raiders gear back in the nineties? Oh yeah, that was that was that was a. Uh, that was just a, a a a gangster move to to be rocking the, the silver and black, and you hear that you know it's almost a given that they're moving to Vegas. Really? Yeah, Oakland can't. I, I heard the the rumors, but yeah, it doesn't look like Oakland has any any real plans to um, get get a new stadium. And I mean, if a team's gonna be in Vegas, why, why not the Raiders? Yeah, I, I think they need a team in Vegas. Yeah. Well, how about also in the AFC West uh, with the Chiefs? Now, I don't want to talk about the Chiefs, per se. I want to talk about Travis Kelsey and okay. what he did in the game. Your boy. UC Bearcat. In the football game, he you, was upset. UC football is doing a lot. <laughs> We're going to get into that. Uh, he was upset about a, about a call, a call, a couple calls he didn't get. Uh-huh. And the ref threw a flag on him and... He threw his, I believe it was his arm sleeve. Okay. Yeah, I think it was his arm sleeve that he had in his back. He, he threw it at the ref, and then the ref. Shameful. You know, and people were people were killing him on social media. I thought it was funny, and I obviously I'm probably biased. Oh, well. Bearcat. In the NFC East, the Cowboys are 7-1. and one. Keep on rolling. Mario's Eagles are 4-4. Four and four. Falling from grace. Mario, do you have any words? That'd be all right. Dun, 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 dun. In the NFC North, the Vikings are five and three. They've fallen as well. In the NFC South, the Falcons are six and three. I don't know if I believe in the Falcons. In the NFC West, the Seahawks are four and two. They play tonight, so you know what the, the reaction that you had to some of the teams that I just named that are at the top. Mm-hmm. I think that also plays into the low ratings. Yeah, my 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 groans are the reason for the um, <laughs> the television. No, but that that is a thing. Like like I don't think that people view a lot of these teams as being like like normally. I feel the NFL season every week we learn something, mm-hmm. and there's kind of an evolution. And like, okay, I think this team is actually like really good. But like, you know, the Patriots are good. I think we know the Seahawks are good. And then everybody else, you're just like, what are you vying for? Like, we don't believe – no one believes the Patriots would have a, a tough time with the Raiders regardless of their schedule. Mm-hmm. So even if the Raiders are good, that's fine for their fan base. But I'm not geeking out for the Raiders. And it's like you have these teams like – like. Can you identify Derek Carr if you were next to him at the gas station? No. Could you identify Carson Wentz? You know, it's, it's, Mario could. Well, Mario has a has a poster of him in in, in, his, in his locker. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's 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 that kind of a deal. I just don't think that that you know a lot of these cats 
it's almost like a change of the guard is happening right before us. And the the great players, Brady, still here, Manning just retired, um, Aaron Rodgers not been good in, in, in the, you know, last year and certainly not this year, not been up to his level. And then you have the level that's supposed to be taking the mantle. You look like, like Cam Newton, you know, having an off year. Um, Andrew Luck can't really get a lot going with the, the roster he has to work with. So you're kind of like, it feels like we're in a, a weird, like, middle ground in which in a year or two, everything will be all right. But but as for now, it's just kind of like, uh Yeah. Well, let's jump into the theme of our episode. And the person that we're going to talk about here, the life of, he's actually got a uh, a quote or a lyric. Bo knows this. Bo knows that. But Bo don't know Jack. Yeah, because Bo can't write. I, I, I always thought that was a, that was a, a highly overrated <laughs> rated line. That, that that was not indicative of 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 quality '90s lyricism. But fine. We're talking about Malik Isaac Taylor, the fifth dog is right up to bat, aka <laughs> Fife Dog, from the rap group Tribe Called Quest, out of New York City. Out of New York City. What I loved about him was not only I, I think his he's his, deceased. For, let, let us his, say, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get into that. Since we're speaking in the past, what I, what I loved about him was his twist on on pop culture and being so relevant. I don't think his lyrics were always the greatest, but he was always on point. Whatever was going on, he was like Twitter. Yeah, back yeah. then, and you know what? He's actually <laughs> he's actually kind of like our podcast to where he's sports, pop culture, politics. He's all over. This is basically Fife Cast 2016. <laughs> his nicknames were the best. Let me go through some of his nicknames. Okay. Fife, obviously. Yep. The Five Foot Assassin. With the roughneck business. Because he's only five foot three. Okay. Fife Diggy. The Five Footer. And my favorite, Malik, the Five Foot Freak. Yeah. The Funky Diabetic. Okay. And do you remember this one? Muddy Ranks. No, nah, I never. I don't, I you don't remember Muddy. the Muddy Ranks? Nah, that Bo- may have been on the Love Movie album. <laughs> Born November twentieth, okay, nineteen seventy. So he's got a birthday coming, coming up. up. Yeah. Born in Queens, New York. Passed away March twenty second, two thousand sixteen, at forty five in California. Yeah, I was sad. Yep. Very I think much. that's um, Norm's birthday, March 22nd. Is it really? I believe so. Nobody knows who Norm is. That's no, my, my best friend, Norm. Shout thought, out to Norm. I thought I was your best friend. You're my third best friend. You, I, 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 I'll, I'll review the rankings. <laughs> <laughs> Who's two? I don't really know. I, I don't know. Like, um, it is weird, though. Like Carson Wentz? To, it's, it's, actually, it's actually Mario. <laughs> that's, that's the order, order right there. Norm, Mario, and Meech? Yeah. There you have it. So, so five. Uh, I'm about to say uh, five footer. Fife was of uh, Trinidadian descent. Okay. And he formed a group in high school called Quest with just Q-Tip. Okay. That was the start of it, and then later they expanded with Jerobi and Ali Shahid Muhammad to yeah. form a tribe called Quest. Let's talk about Jerobi a little bit. Jerobi White. What is there to say about Jerobi? As some of you may know, um, they're they're going to be performing coming up on on um, Saturday Night Live this week, 
And the question becomes, would Jarobi rap? Because Jarobi is a member of a rap group, but as to this date, is not busted a lyric. Never. And to my knowledge, not contributed on the production end other than um, being in the studio <laughs> when the songs are being made. He came up with the concept for Left My Wallet in El Segundo. That was actually his concept. <laughs> so so that, that, that warrants you membership. That that right there. He he apparently he came up with a lot of concepts. Can I kick it? Okay. And other ones that was He made the hooks. I, I don't know. I think the con well, I left my wallet in El Segundo is kind of a unique but unique there, thing, but Yeah. But there are times that he's not even there. He was only around for one album. Yeah. I mean And, and he appeared in thirteen videos. I mean, why wouldn't you if you if you're in the group? It, it's the least you could do, Jerobi. He left the group in 1991 to go to culinary school. Yeah, he's really a good dude. If you see the the video, um, the the documentary beats rhymes of life about them, which which now seems like exceedingly vital, considering that the that Fife is, is passed away, and it's yeah. like I'm I'm so glad that that we kind of have that record and you know of, of of who they were with him, able to to comment on things, but but like. Jerobi is such like a, a good guy that you're just like like you really appreciate and it's really an odd thing because it almost seems as if the group is like there's um Q-Tip and Ali Shahid on one side and it's Jerobi and Fife on the other side right and it's kind of like Q-Tip and Ali Shahid are like you know like super in shape, you know what I'm saying? Like well-preserved cats, they're they're eating right and whatever, they're working out and then like like uh you know, Fife had his condition, so I don't know how much that contributed to it, but like Jerobi's just kind of like just just <laughs> looking like whatever, whatever. Right. And it was now, always kind of funny like that's that's the the way it it, it broke with the the four of them. Now, I follow or we're friends on Facebook, Jerobi and I. Really? Yeah, and he's liked and commented on different things I've posted. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's how I actually, I don't know if you remember this, but um, old 90s rap group, U, the UMCs. Oh, no doubt. And that's how I got in a conversation with them. Okay. Jerobi tagged them on the one of my posts. Cause I, I, I messed with the UMCs, by the well, way. One of them looks like Jamie Foxx yeah, from okay. back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So I made that comment, and Jerobi tagged them on, onto it. And, U UMC's got got a couple cuts that I I I, I, I play. Don't, I don't I don't. Oh, get out of let. Yeah, but the the one um um blue cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Do 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 do. Yeah. That 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 that's my cut. And then they had another song. Their second album that, that was tight, but it, it, was, it was it was some player stuff. If our intro to this podcast wasn't Peach Fuzz, uh huh, it'd be Blue Cheese the instrumental. Possibly. No, I'm telling you, that's what. <laughs> Do you remember the uh, the skit on Midnight Marauders, uh, Tribe Called Quest's album, where the the girl's talking and she says A E I O U, and sometimes why, and sometimes why? Yeah, Jerobi was 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 the why. Right. By the way, UMC's one to grow on. Don't don't sleep on that. No, I remember UMC's. I liked them. I I, I think I still have their tape. Okay. Ali Shaheed Muhammad. Most people think he did the majority of the production That's on the I albums. That's why I always thought, and, and he I, was, I was just wrong. the DJ. Yeah, it's kind of like um, a case could be made that Q-Tip just could have done it on his own. <laughs> I mean, he pretty much did. The first three albums were him. Yeah, I mean, like what I was the weird thing with the group is that on the second album, 
like Fife came alive and it was like, oh, okay, all right. Because, like, you know, Fife was, was rapping on, on the first one, but Q-Tip was clearly... Oh. You, you had these groups in the 90s, people, who, who, who weren't, weren't around for the era in which it was often like a three-man group and you had two rappers and a DJ, but in many cases, like Naughty by Nature and Cypress Hill, you had a dominant rapper and then you had, like, a secondary rapper and it was it was kind of that that set up with um with tribe for a while and then like second album was like okay fife's a, a, a equal partner in this right and kind of made and, and kind of made the more esoteric q-tip stuff like a lot more like down to earth like fife was like the common man and q-tip was like more ethereal yeah so do you remember when um ali shaheed muhammad formed lucy pearl do you remember that I remember Dance Tonight. Dance Tonight is is is, is a is a Pantheon soul soul hit of, of the two thousands. Yeah, you remember who was in the group? Pantheon level. Uh, it was um, um, Dawn from In Vogue, right? Yep. And, and you can't was, say Dawn. You just you have to say Dawn from In Vogue. Well, yeah, because no one's no, no one's just got no Dawn. I, I just da- love that Dawn right, Staley. Dawn. <laughs> yeah, you can't say her name. Dawn from In Vogue. Yeah, and then um, and then um, your boy. Raphael Sadiq, formerly Raphael Wiggins of of Tony Tony Tony. Yep. And One by the way, Tony 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 needs to reunite as well. Oh, without a doubt. L- which l- will never happen. Let's stop playing. Because you saw that the majority of the music that they originally created, they never were in the studio at the same time. They're brothers, right? But mm, two of them. I think were. two of them are. They've they were they have never all three been in the studio together and recorded a song. Ever? Ever. Was this on um Unsung? I <laughs> It's been on. It's been documented. That's insane. They have never. And I don't know. Still to this day, but I do. They I think, dislike one another. I think they. I think they disagree musically on how things should go. So okay. it's better that they do it apart. Okay. And maybe somebody else kind of says, "Okay, this is the direction we're going to go." I mean, it worked. Yeah. So no, oh, no, so no. why why force something? Yeah, I, I say that's what we should do with these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> but um. <laughs> But yeah, like j- just me and you, another, another. I, I don't want to go too too far down to no, Tony, no, Tony. No. T- Hold that for another yeah. podcast because Tony, Tony, Tony's the group. But by the way, why 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 name yourself Sadiq? <laughs> Continue. Let's talk about Tips Production just real quick. Yeah. I, obviously, we said he produced the first three albums for Tribe Called Quest, but he also produced for people don't even know this Nas, uh-huh. a bunch of Mob Deep stuff. Really? Yeah. Okay. Off the Infamous. Really? Yeah, he had like I think three to four cuts off there. He he ain't, he ain't produced shook ones. <laughs> no, <laughs> that, that, that's when that beat comes on. Shook ones is is, is is is. I mean, it might be number one as far as just like that. That's still that's it. In the the hardest move ever. Yeah, this needs to be. If I had two sons, I I would no doubt the Halloween costume would be the um. Blank jerseys that those cats had with Hennessy written on the front. <laughs> that, that's the most. That was the most hood move you you could have done. Like 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 all praises the Mob Deep for breaking out the Hennessy jerseys for the Shook One video. I got a great story. Just a quick uh, Mob Deep story. So I we grew up. We loved Mob Deep and that whole time period. And I, I was on spring break. Okay. In college, and I had a buddy with me. We call him Big Tree Scott Rollins, and. 
we're at this pool, and it was just he and I. Some other people had went somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so we're walking out to this pool, and they had a DJ okay. playing. This is down in Florida. This was uh, Panama City. I think it was the um, the Holiday Inn. I mean, there was just tons of people there. A, a very diverse crowd of uh-huh. people. And the, Freaks. the DJ's playing like, you know, Michael Jackson or somebody. And then all of a sudden, Shook Ones came on. And 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 Big Tree. Who ain't got no feelings. He had no idea about this song. Okay. And Glenn, when I tell you the pool erupted, like people went crazy. And Tree was like, what just happened? And I'm like, I can't even explain it. And you know how it starts. Yeah. And, and people were going in. Still to this day, that is one of Big Tree's favorite songs of okay. all time. Just off of that moment. That, that Fab remix of it is, is so... I, mean, I, I was begging that less than an hour ago. Fab said, I ain't hit an ATM in 10 years. Think uh-huh. about that. That's that just how much money the boy's making. You know my feelings on and, Fab. And, and then that... Um, Who that, was in town the that, other day, that, by the way? Yeah, no doubt. That um, Your Beef Is Mine. He didn't produce that. The Q-Tip didn't produce that. No, I don't think so. I just love that. I, I tell everybody that. Like, if you if you got beef with somebody, I do too. <laughs> I, I, I don't discern the difference. Now, so uh, with Q-Tip, he produced a lot, and he also, you know, he was rhyming on it. Whereas Fife was just strictly an MC. He was just, you know, strictly about the lyrics. And so Tribe signed to Jive Records in 1990 and released People's Instinctive Travels and uh, the Paths of Rhythm. Slept on. It was the first hip-hop album to ever get five mics in the source. Really? Yes. First album ever. I did not know that. But, I didn't either. But that was when the source was super, like, you know, like underground. Like, I don't think the source was available. I basically got hip to them because, you know, Daylight was popping. Mm-hmm. Daylight came out first, but that was probably pre, pre-source. pre and it was a friend of mine who she was from New York, but she moved to Cincinnati and was like in class with with, with me at, at performing arts. Uh-huh. And she was like one of the, the two cutest girls in school, and she was like hyping up Quest. I was like, man, I gotta buy this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I can't say I really loved the album at first, but then it's like that album is is, is like everybody loves Low End Theory, but you can make a case that um, Instinctive Path is, is their best album. Coming, can I kick can it? Can I kick it? Classic. Benita Applebaum. Benita Applebaum. Push it along. Footprints. L- Luck of Lucien. Luck of Lucien is such such a, a a mellow cut. Put that in your car and just and, and crash it because you sleep. Well, do you know many when this album came out? Besides the source, uh, many critics felt like they were reaching too much on this album. Like it, they were trying to do too much, and one of the reasons is. I think because of the other releases that came out that same year. So okay. I want to list those for you. I'm just going to list some of them. Just list some of them. America's Most Wanted, Ice Cube. Okay. Fear of a Black Planet, Public Enemy. Let the Rhythm Hit Him, Rakim, Eric B and Rakim. Yeah. One for All, Brand Nubian, to the East. That also got five five mics in the source. Well, One for All did? Yeah. Okay. To the East, Backwards. X-Clan. That's right. Please don't hurt him, Hammer. Wow. And also to the extreme, Vanilla Ice. Well, they have it with, with, with that climate. All in 1990. It was it was an exciting time. I don't what, I don't know what, what to a make time. of it. <laughs> <laughs> it was Bob Sam when they came out, like I don't know how how much of that was. And then then I don't think they came out with the right videos too. 
like like uh, Can I Kick It? They came out with a video, but it was a remix, and it's not the beat that you want for Can I Kick It. If they had like, if if I could have um, manned the ship with a tribe called Quest and released the the videos in proper order, they would have been huge right at that moment, as opposed to like the later points in which they they kind of set it off. I, I like the Can I Kick It video. So, <clears throat> well, uh, Fife is known for his love for sports, and it was very evident in his lyrics. Mm-hmm. And also, being from New York, he's a huge Knicks fan. He, uh, you remember the line? I mean, he's he's got so many lines. Um, I'm not going to use the word, but he said, mm, "Around and have your heart like Jordan had Starks." Okay. And that was, I mean, back in the day, the Bulls Knicks um, rivalry and matchup then, and the Bulls Knicks just played the other night. Okay. It was the return of the turn Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose. Do you remember uh, how he did statistically? I don't recall. Played 38 minutes, 15 points, 7 rebounds, and 11 assists. Okay. D. Wade dropped 35 and 10 in a losing effort. 117 to 104, Knicks Uh, win. I don't like when the Knicks win, by the way. It's all about Porzingis now. Yeah, I don't don't know. That's a depressing team. I mean, I just feel like... Derrick Rose is never going to be who he was, and Carmelo is never going to get a ring, and hopefully Porzingis develops, but it I don't know. I, I feel like they should have just um, – they've been too mediocre the past, like, five years to not be good now. Like, you look at the Sixers, and it's like, you suffered, but – now you can, you know, see the light, sort of. You know what I mean? If Ben Simmons is good, if Joel Embiid stays healthy, that's a that's a stronger of base as, as anybody in the league. That that rivals, you know, Wiggins and and and, and Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota, as far as like, you know, and and that, that Man, Darren lies the Towns problem. is good. Oh, Ta- Towns is is super legit. And if 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 Wiggins could just figure out. You know what he needs to. I mean, he's gonna be a beast as well. I don't know what his deal is. He, he gives the most awkward interviews of anybody in, in the league. Like I'm like I'm like, were yeah. you around people growing up? Yeah, because he's not like a. He's just like goofy. Like you know that if you were that good at basketball, you had to be like the cool dude in high school. And somehow it's almost like he's just like, just bizarrely like like anti-social or whatever I, I don't understand it if i if i was if i was um <laughs> if i was wiggins i would just be, i was just been been just a, a a mac in high school well let's let me i don't know if you had a chance to watch my uh, chicago bulls yet no you have a chance sam <laughs> i've had chances to see him i just cho- i haven't sh- chosen to shame on you is Michael Jordan playing for for that team? By the way, I wish he was. Yeah, I've so. <laughs> watched a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you know, you know me, man. I'm a ride or die guy with the Bulls. Your beef is mine. Yep, and um, I don't know about them this year. I'm not excited about this team. I, I, but you know, they're in a weak East, so yeah. But I just the, just the makeup of the group, the coach, he's kind of a puppet, so. Not too, not too excited about my Bulls right now, but you know, hopefully they can uh, figure it out. They don't. They mean nothing to 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 the culture right now. The Cavs are six and zero. LeBron James just moved up to tenth place. Okay, on the list of uh, 
you know, career scoring. I think he uh, passed uh, Olajuwon, right? Yeah. And um, when you talk about the Bulls, I, I, I feel as though we're buried the lead in, 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 in uh, Chicago sports. <laughs> it, it, it feels like the Bulls were not the most relevant thing to happen in, in, um, in Chicago athletics this past week. <laughs> we're going to get to that a little uh, bit later. I, I hope so. OKC is 5-1. and one. And they just had a um, a game against the Thun or the uh, Golden, uh, Golden State. State Warriors. Yeah, did you get a chance to see that? Uh yeah. Um, it wasn't all that I expected it to be. I thought. Um, yeah. What did you What did you think going into that game was going to happen? I thought the Golden State would probably win, but I thought Westbrook would go way more ham. I thought Westbrook might get like fifty or something like that, and I thought that you know, Golden State would just out team them. Does, but, does but, anybody fall? more in the league than Westbrook? Probably not. Every other possession. He's falls. on the ground, yeah. I don't get it. Like, like, I don't feel that he should be as durable as he's managed to be. And I wonder, like, in a couple years, is, is it just going to take its toll? Because, like, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, he's just he's just playing. You, you, you shouldn't be able to play with that much abandon and – be like thirty years old and like still have it like like <laughs> yeah that, that that's gotta at some point you know take take an effect. I mean, you you wonder does a guy like that as he ages and his body starts to break, you know, he you have to rely more on the cerebral piece to yeah. it if he becomes a better, just a better player. You uh-huh. see what I'm saying? Not yeah, yeah, necessarily you got, you got the, a, your 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 skill level has to increase, but um he'll just make up for it in in, in dumber and dumber pregame clothing. <laughs> What'd you, what what was he wearing? The um, the photographer's um, fluorescent vest yeah. from, from Spain, I guess, to troll Kevin Durant's love of, of photography. Do you really think that they don't like each other? Do you think they didn't like each other when they played together? Uh no, I thought I think they liked each other fine enough, but I think people understood. You know, like you can like somebody personally but not like you know like them professionally you know what i'm saying like there's people i work with at my job and it's like yeah we're cool but like i like you as a person but like working with somebody just like oh man you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and i'll name name no I'm so so you think that's how the relationship was i think that that yeah i think people and i think that are outside forces but i certainly think that that they kind of it they have to negotiate a a working relationship considering the level of talent they both were and kind of what people wanted from them and what they wanted from one you know themselves because mm-hmm. i mean i think everyone felt like okay well look kevin durant is is the you know after lebron the best player in the nba he's come for that spot and then you go on a team in which Westbrook is clearly like the alpha dog Wait, in a personality a, sense. According to Mario, uh huh, y- your ranking is incorrect. Paul George, Mario's has gone on record as saying the MVP race <laughs> is, is is limited to two people. You should see his face right. That, that now. is Oklahoma City's <laughs> Russell Westbrook and Indiana Pacers Paul George. And I'm trying to put out some sort of a bet that if 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 Paul George um, does not come in the top two, then 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 what what should I receive? You should see this look, Mario. <laughs> Paul, I mean, Paul George is 18th in scoring right now. 
what scenario does Paul George become a they would have to win the East. Like you can't be like fourth place in the East and 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 win the MVP. Like like you're not even if you put up like 38 and 8, which he's not. You're not going to win the MVP when like Golden State and San Antonio and Cleveland are going to have such superior records. I mean, that's just not the way the MVP. I, I don't know what but you said. James Harden was going to win the MVP. No, that was said, your pick. I said James Harden would. would no, said, no, no, no. I did you not. Said it was going to be like Helmer Dame Lillard. No, I said these are people who would finish ahead, ahead of, of, of of Paul George. That, but, he did say that. But, but how though? Because the Rockets will probably finish like six in the West. But James Harden is a previous, and don't tell me that the West is superior to these this year because they have like two teams. Uh, did, did James Harden ever finish within the top two of the MVP um, race within the past two years? The answer of that would be yes. So we've seen a situation in which, which um, yeah, but the Rockets, what they were in the Western Conference Finals that year, they they won't be there this year. Probably, not. I'm just saying. Look, look, the MVP starts with. Someone from either Kawhi the, Leonard, the, the Cavaliers, the Warriors, or the Spurs. So Russell you've got Westbrook. four. You got four candidates right there that are going to be ahead of Paul George. And then you start with okay, who can have a possibly huge um, statistical breakout season? And that's when you have Westbrook, and that's when you have Harden. And you know Westbrook and Harden are going to have better numbers than Paul George. You don't know that. We six games in, but just, so do you still you still stick by your statement? You still yeah, th- yeah. I ride okay. I ride okay. by my statement. All right, we'll, we'll okay. Just, well, we'll just revi- but I'm saying what you want to put something on it. Do you, that's what I'm saying. Do you want to put something on that Paul George will finish one or two in MVP balloting in in the 2016-2017 National Basketball Association season? <laughs> yeah, we we can. Okay, all right, all right. What what you want to do? Pair of shoes. No, nah, we can't go pair of shoes. Okay, fifty how, how fifty dollars. No, I got it. I got it. No, no, no. Take it easy on them. How about a, ba- a Bangkok bowl? Korea. <laughs> okay. Pause. A Bangkok bowl from Coritos. Well, not. Uh, we'll just make it whatever. That's cool. I, I give you a twenty five dollar gift card to Coritos. Oh, okay. there it All is. Right. Boom. There, there we go. Boom. There we go. got it. One of my girls is getting a twenty five dollar gift card to Coritos. That's what's up. Oh, Mario. Why we have you on here right now? Demarcus Cousins. That's your other guy. That is my guy. What do you think about his performance so far? I'm looking at some of his statistics here. Top ten. That's all I'm telling you. But the only thing I will say. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You you said he's top ten statistically? No, top ten like players in the NBA. You, you said he's gonna. He he currently is a top ten player in the NBA. Yeah, so that's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I'll take him. I'll take him top ten. Yeah, but statistically, he's. Not getting it done. The only thing he's doing is he's number nine in scoring at twenty five point five. He's number nineteen defensively on the defensive list. And and just to think about amongst this, centers, oh, amongst all, everybody. Okay. But but the top usually the top guys on that list are all, all are all centers. Big men, he's yeah. be, he's below guards. Okay, which shouldn't be the case. No, it shouldn't be the case. I don't know if he's he's a player that's going to be. You know, you always have guys who put up big numbers on losing teams, and I don't really know how to ever evaluate those numbers when you're, you know what I mean? You can be, um, I don't know. So like Anthony Davis. 
Well, I mean, but when you're a certain age, like Anthony Davis is starting to get to the point where, like, look, you're gonna have to be be doing a little bit bit more. I mean, but you know, Anthony Davis putting up fifty. Like, he put up fifty. I can't be like, oh well, who knows? But I don't know. It, it it's it's um, I'm trying to think of, of of some of the guys who've put up big numbers that were just like, come on now. Well, DeMarcus Cousins put up big numbers before. Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't, I don't he think put up big numbers last season. I mean, the, the team is just bad. I just don't think he's he's a he's a top ten player. But this, all right, so I this, mean, that's 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 debatable though. Like, I'll I'll give you that one. Like, like you know, but this like is, once you get past the top like eight players, then it starts to be like a, a jumble. You can have like Blake Griffin ten. You can have Blake Griffin fifteen. You know what I mean? I wouldn't I wouldn't fault you either way. But this is my logical explanation for me saying that Demarcus Cousins is a top ten player, right? Uh huh. It's five positions. I don't. I disagree with hold that. Hold on, it's, it's 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 five positions in the NBA. <laughs> no, no, it's and not. Are you telling me that out of the ten, like out of these five positions, ten players, all of them come from another realm outside of the center position? I think we're saying that yes. In in, in twenty sixteen, I think the game has evolved to the point that that obviously, um, the center has been devalued in, in the past decade. I don't think that that that's. I mean, I think they even do it with the the voting now. That it's um, you basically just say you know post postman you know you, you like divide into you know what I mean swingman guard because like is James Harden a point guard? He's playing point guard. He ain't no point guard. You know what I'm saying? You just kind of like have you know was well, Russell Westbrook a point guard? No, I don't believe. So. I mean, let's say he's playing point guard, but I don't think his skill set necessarily. You basically have point guard. Shooting guard slash swingman, and then just like post up player, you know what I'm saying? Like is Zach Randolph a center? No, but he's playing back to the basket basketball. So I don't know. Well, we're gonna keep our eye. We're gonna keep talking about this on the podcast, Mario. We're gonna have the Paul George watch, and we're gonna have the Demarcus Cousins watch. Yeah, but, but th- th- there'll be no gift card exchanged over Demarcus Cousins. But but that that Paul George is is is, is easy money. All right, but I, I do want to tell you this though. All right, the 2016 NBA season will be rated PG-13. Remember that. Dun, All right, dun, dun, dun. Uh, <laughs> moving right along. Sp- speaking of Cousins, uh-huh. do you remember on the on the uh, the, the posse cut, buddy? Yeah, tip. Tip dropped the line, um, a whole lot of fun, lots of fun together. It's like kissing cousins. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of clever. Did you When you heard that, were you like, what? Or did you get that right away? What am I missing? When he said, it's like kissing cousins. I mean, that's self-explanatory. Yeah, that's kind of clever. Ah, there were a lot, a lot of people that I was with were like, what's he talking about? But that's a word, kissing. That's like a phrase, kissing cousins. Yeah, that's kind of clever. Like, did you? Get, I mean, you. So you got that right away. <laughs> I don't know what, what 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 what's the 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 double entente that is there to to grasp beyond well, the words themselves. You know, at that age, well, I mean, I'm 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 17 at that age. Yeah, you you were you were older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were younger, and we were like, what? Okay. I don't think we grasped that. You know, kissing cousins. Okay. For, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, you're actually talking about kissing the cousin. Exactly. Yeah, I guess so. So you were a little bit older. You were more mature. I guess. I don't know. Speaking of Buddy, the song Buddy. Cuts. The Native Tongues. 
Jungle I hear, Brothers? I hear there's a documentary being made on Native Town. I thought it was just the Jungle Brothers. No. It's the whole it's the whole that's, thing. That's what I heard, yeah. And you know you know Jungle Brothers was really the group that that started off. Yeah. And they kind of made, you know, paved the way for Dela. Okay. And then Tribe. And I think it was African Bambada, African Bambada introduced Tribe and Dela. Okay. Yeah, like he called like like Bambada like called Tip or somebody's like, "Man, you got to meet these dudes. Like you you all would get along." Okay. That whole native tongue thing was was just was so dope to me. Yeah, I really really liked that. It was kind of like the the black intellectuals of 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 early hip hop that was you know like young cats. They they have there's a little daylight um, documentary. I don't know if you saw that that um came out um last month in correspondence with the album, and it was um like Prince Paul was talking about how how you know they got on and everything, but. That that was pretty good. It wasn't. It it was only half an hour. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, yeah. I didn't, see, I didn't see that. Who did it? Uh I forget. I, I'll send, put up the link on on the the podcast for those of you out there who'd like to check that out. Just <laughs> be like super TV land voice. Well, did you feel like with that that movement of the native tongues, kind of that it was like kind of like a, a conscious hippie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely had like a. Uh, Afrocentric vibe, and you know, there was a lot of jazz infused tracks. It was kind of like a, a deeper sense of like here, here were the people in rap that were kind of pushing an envelope and going deeper into like a, a chamber that really hadn't been been reached yet. And it kind of defined like East Coast at that that time became kind of like the intelligent rap and then like West coast was really on like gangster rap. And I I think that's when you really start to see like those divisions between like what people thought of like, you know what I'm saying? Like rap should be and Mm -hmm. and people having very distinct and different ideas about that. And you know, it, it kind of ended up, you know, ultimately in, in, you know, the East Coast, West Coast beef, you know, of, of the later 90s. But it kind of started, I think, with people like East Coast people because of public enemy and native tongues felt like they were a more conscious lot. So when like gangster rap came in N.W.A., there was kind of a, a feeling like y'all are like subverting the movement, like we trying to make positive black music over here and y'all talking about shooting up folks you know what i'm saying and i don't think people fully grasp like you know the conscious element of nwa which there was but there was also you know a lot of just typical you know misogynistic whatever you want to call it just you know good stuff gang gang (laughs) gang related rap and stuff so i mean there was some like um legit reasons for the resentment so but you know i like 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 um, Snoop said on the Source Awards, "Y'all ain't got love for Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre." <laughs> now, do you remember? Do you remember when Fife Dog made? Well, let it be known, dear. Do you remember when Fife <laughs> Dog made a uh, a political endorsement on "Can I Kick It"? Yeah, Mr. Dinkins. Would you please be my mayor? I thought I thought that was Q-Tip that said that. Was it Q-Tip? I thought it was. I thought it was Fife that said that. I don't know. We'll we'll we, we'll we'll review it eventually. Yeah, I thought I thought it was Fife. Oh, okay, it could have been. So. That's a that's a segue into the election. Yeah. Going down tomorrow. 
It's going down tomorrow. Our, our, our national nightmare will soon be over. I don't know. I think I think it's going to drag on. I think something's going to happen. Well, the resentment will, will drag on, but I think think we've gotten to the point that that I don't know. It looks like Hillary's going to finally take it. The the Comey FBI um, leak or whatever um, statement that came out on, on Sunday seems to have turned the tide back in the direction of Hillary, and it looks like she's it, – it's so many toss-up states that that he has to now win that he's down in, that it doesn't look like – like Florida looks like it's 50-50. Carolina looks like it's 50-50. Ohio still looks like it's leaning. Trump looks like Hillary's safe in Colorado, safe in Michigan, safe in New Hampshire – I'm on five thirty eight hourly, so I, I I know where all these races are at. I, I could I could tell you, um, suburban housewives in Philadelphia if they get out to vote, there's really there's really no chance for for a Trump presidency. So you say Hillary wins easily? No. What well what what happens is you win close, but electorally, it looks it looks as if you you were, you know, like it wasn't as tight as it was. But I do think she wins. What do you think about? The Jay-Z concert, Beyonce obviously came out for Hillary. And then uh, LeBron James. I think Katy Perry also joined her at, at one stop. I don't. I think they might have been in Philly. And LeBron James came out with her. I'm starting to notice that black people seem to vote Democrat. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so crazy. Like, like, like now the, I don't think you even have to say it. NASCAR endorsed Donald Trump. N- Surprise! Well, what... I found problematic with that is does your sport have to make an, an endorsement? Like no one says the NBA has come up with an official presidential candidate. Like in a sport that this leaking um, viewership like NASCAR is, you would think that it might not be the move to further alienate those who feel your sport is, you know, catering to a certain, um, unenlightened <laughs> branch of the country to just come out and say, we as NASCAR endorsed Donald Trump. And, and this, this, um, yesterday they had the, um, the car. Right. Yeah, I saw that. With the West Trump Pence. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I didn't get to check and see where the car finished. Did it, I, did it wreck? <laughs> I, I, I take it. It didn't win, <laughs> but, um, a lot of people don't know this. The first ever political endorsement on, a NASCAR vehicle was designed by yours truly, Glenn Riley. And that will be the Mark Warner 2001 NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series number 15 Chevrolet or Ford driven by John Wood of the famous Wood Brothers team in in, in Virginia. I noticed nobody you just named. No, Nobody would know know this history. And, And I... I believe that I was the first black person to ever design a paint scheme for for NASCAR. <laughs> I would I, think so. I, I'm the I'm the um, I'm, I'm gonna guarantee that I'm the Jackie Robinson of of NASCAR Craftsman truck <laughs> paint schemes, <laughs> and I say I have no way of really knowing this, but but like they say in the black church, I'm claiming in the name of Jesus. Blessed. <laughs> you have a blessed hashtag blessed a blessed day 
emails. Let's talk about these these emails. Those damn emails. <laughs> Deleted emails. No one even. There's nothing even even nefarious in the emails. I don't think. I mean, it's just kind of crazy. By the way, are you able to delete your email at some time? Because because you do have a limited amount of storage space. I deleted like like mass emails a couple weeks ago, and I hope no one thinks that I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> You're under investigation. Some, something's real suspicious. Like like yeah, I got I got uh, large files in this joint. Yeah. So anything else for tomorrow with the election? Uh, I don't know. I mean. I thought it was going to be a lot closer until yesterday. Uh-huh. So now, it's, I mean, unless some some news is breaking, I mean, by the time you hear this, we'll probably be actually getting some. Uh, you know, it, it'll it'll be tomorrow. So right, who knows? I, I, I it's just going to be funny because people aren't going to. We're, we're so separated now that no one would just be like, oh yeah, I think think everything was on the up and up, and I'm good with it. You know, it's just like Obama. You know, like we just had eight years of, of I hate the narrative of someone saying like, oh, what did Obama do for you? And it's like, well, you were you were attempting to block everything that, that they're doing. It's almost like a football team saying like, yeah, your team didn't score. It's like, yeah, you're tackling us. Right. Like, don't don't act as if like like we're, we're not we're not running. Right. Yeah. But I mean, at some point I would just like Obama to um apologize for the um the eight years of job job growth the 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 low gasoline the um the 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 zero bs wars that we've gotten into and the zero um large-scale foreign terrorist attacks that 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 have taken place on our soil please have some dignity sir and and um apologize for that gee whiz if you you seems like you just want the the stock market to just continually go up now did you see the the jay-z beyonce performance for hillary Nah. okay so jay-z came out and did his show and obviously he performed the songs as he normally would okay obviously he you know the language was as normal he really didn't edit anything up or censor disgraceful so in the next day the the trump supporters just attacked Jay-Z, tore him down. And, you know, you get the same old thing. He's a drug dealer. Yeah. You know, 11-year drug dealer, blah, blah, blah. Beyonce hates cops. Hates cops. So. She wore, she did, she did wear black during the Super Bowl. And and they just, you know, they're just, they're just attacking them. And I got in a little bit of a Facebook discussion with the guy. Okay. And he's, he's uh, voting for Trump. He's a Trump supporter. Uh-huh. And he he posted something in regards to the you know to these, the concert. The, I would tell him these arguments against Jay Z hold a lot more water if his candidate didn't admit to grabbing women by the blank. <laughs> well, and here's the thing, you know, he he completely the the guy that I'm discussing with on Facebook, um, he completely went in on on, on Jay Z, uh-huh. and, and some of the stuff was like you know what whatever. And I said to him, I said, if Jay Z would have come out. <laughs> and said, I support Donald Trump. He would be a national hero to that y- man. You would have no problem with that. And he goes, that's completely false. And I said, I'm going to tell you why it's true. Because when there was that fake report that Ice Cube was backing Donald Trump, you posted it. Oh, wow. I said, you posted it. And let me read some Ice Cube's lyrics to you, sir. <laughs> exactly. Wow. What did he say? Oh, he's... 
basically he was like, well, it, it turned out to be a you know a fake report. Yeah, well, said, it turned but, out, but but turned out you you were you were happy with that fake report enough oh, yeah. to 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 go full bore with it. And his comment when he posted it was was something like, um, yeah, th- this guy gets it. Yeah, th- you know, it's just like okay. Yeah, oh, I mean, wh- it's, it's, it's just it's just whenever when somebody's on your team, they're great. I'm sure sure you can you can. If you know whatever Katy Perry says, it, it it's fine. You know, it, it, it's it's a problem with Katy Perry. But if she was, you know, going down for Trump, then oh, this is this is great. This young lady understands what fi- finally, right? <laughs> Somebody gets it. Yeah, and I mean, it's just kind of like we're just at a point that that like, yeah, you're a white man over fifty. That's why you're voting for Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like it's not even it's not even. I mean, like I was watching. It, it, everyone should. Um, the great Ken Burns documentary, Not For Ourselves Alone, about the suffrage movement. And, I mean, if you just understand what women... In, in 1848, when they had the um, the the first convention, the Seneca Falls Convention, to, um, you know, establish, like, a women's, like, platform of, of women's rights, mm-hmm. no woman on the face of the earth could vote. This is 50%, really more than 50% of the population mm-hmm. could not could not vote. Period. No no woman on the on the planet had the right to vote. This is just just crazy. Right. So it's like if you look at just the movement of that into a point that now Hillary Clinton, you know, is on the verge of being um president and like weigh her sins against Trump's sins. I mean, if you don't if you disagree with somebody on posse. Fine. I'm willing to, you know, you can go to the wall on that debate at any time. But the when wall? you wanna when you wanna <laughs> Yeah, when was the last time he brought that up, by the way? Yeah, he's, he's I would have nailed him that. to the cross on the bush guy, like, yo, I don't hear you talk about the wall. You said you said that that every single campaign outlet and didn't mention it once in, in all in either of the three debates. But didn't didn't he bring it up the last debate? I thought he brought it oh, up. Oh, okay. Maybe he did. Hey, I cool. thought the last debate he oh, did. Okay. Well well but her, you know, for for people to claim that they're on the religious right to then support Trump after the things that that he's on record as saying, like it's just kind of it's it just purely like I said, I don't have a problem if you still support him on the basis of policy. But when you claim that that you're supporting him because uh, of your Christian beliefs, then it's just like, come on, you're just, you know, you're, you're just, you know, BSing. Yeah. You're full of S. <laughs> Fife Dog once said. Beepers going off like Don Trump gets checks. There you go. And by the way, the uh, Mr. Dinkins, would you please be my mayor? Is Fife Dog? Okay. Yep. Excuse me. That's right. I stand corrected. Now he, you know, Fife. Going back to Fife, he appeared on a lot of radio shows. Was on Sports Center. Um, a lot of his lyrics in his music because of the sports. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the sports aspect he took with his lyrics. They used that a lot on Sports Center. Yeah, and you know just the different sports um, outlets used it a lot. And matter of fact, as a matter of fact, there was a weatherman, or I'm sorry, um, a uh, traffic, traffic, a yeah. traffic guy. I always want to say weatherman, a traffic guy who came on air and basically quoted Fife's lyrics. And I, I thought it was, I yeah, thought it was, it was dope. I thought it was super dope. And uh, Mario, Mario's got this queued up for us. 
Mario's going to play that. Mario, let's let, let let's let the people hear this. The traffic guy. Mario, you back there sleep at the wheel? While we're young. <laughs> Mark here, Mr. Andy Bynum, with more on this and the impact with triple-team traffic. Mark. Yeah, this rush hour coming with more hits than the Braves or the Yankees. Fred, we're on a war tour with Mark McKay, my man, going each and every place with traffic tracker two in his hand. Now, Mark McKay, are things ludicrously speedy or infectious with the slow-mo? Uh, infectious with the slow-mo currently. 85 is stacked and packed now heading into Midtown Atlanta. Fred with a crash south of 400. Tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram. What can you show us, Mark McKay? Sometimes the definition of traffic comes sideways and straightways. Right now, Mark Aram is taking a look at trouble on the south side. Mark. Yeah, we had a report of trouble on the south side on I-675 on his way to check out that issue. Mark McKay's track record's longer than a DC-20 aircraft. <laughs> Mark McKay, do that, do that, do do that, that, that. You on point, Mark? Oh, we're on point, Fred. Absolutely. Seeing extra delays in from Stone Mountain Freeway, Highway 78. Oh, One for the gold. trouble, two for the base. You know the style, Mark McKay. It's time to flip this. Football. You can get updates uh, for traffic anywhere you want to go. New York, NJ, NC, VA, or, of course, follow us on Twitter. It's that was great. Yeah, that was, that was wonderful. Uh, it was weird, the amount of, of white guys that was really um, digging, digging Fife. Like, yeah. when we were in school, you know, that was kind of like – I don't know. Like, like it always makes me smile that we've reached a point in which, like, our generation is like at the control boards of, of the culture. Mm-hmm. So, like, the things that we grew up liking are now the stuff that people, you know, are bringing out. You're like, oh wow, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I was telling you on the phone the other day. I was watching an interview with Common. He was on uh, the Today Show, and Willie Geis is interviewing him in Common starts doing a verse from Big Daddy Kane, uh-huh. and Willie Geis finishes it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It was mind-blowing. Like, even Common looked at him like, there was no prep for this. How would you know that? And like, and Big Daddy Kane was at a time in which, like, like rap hadn't crossed over. Like, all rap post, mm-hmm. like, Hammer, you kind of figure, like, okay, like, like, like white people kind of might be on it. But, like, and then by, like, not, like, Post Biggie, then it was kind of okay. This is just just part of the culture as well. But like, there's a certain era, like like you almost got to just dap it up to like anybody who's not black who's just on. You know what I'm saying? Like like oh wow, like you yeah you, you up on that rock him? Well, I think with I think with Fife, he it, with him using so many sports names and you know dropping so many sports things and and Sports Center using it. I think a lot more people were hip to Fife. Okay. Then even even Q-tip, I'm talking about just the yeah, yeah. The, the general person. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? Because he's on Sports Center. Yeah. Q-tip's not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it is a weird thing that like like like. I think people were really endeared to Fife. It was like he was a a star, but he almost felt you almost felt like he was still like an underdog. Like like oh okay, we still got a uh, yeah you yeah know, like prop up Fife like 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 no man we we're happy that you're here right. Right. Yeah. Well, one line he had was was uh, coming with more hits than the Braves and the Yankees. Yeah. Stuart Scott used to say that all the time. Okay. So that kind of segues to the World Series. Man. 108 years, man. It's over. Who did you want to win going into the World Series? I want the Cubs to win. That, that, that's without question. But um, So you thought that was the better story? Oh, easily. I mean, well, I've, you know, Cleveland already had their their uh, their breakthrough, and the Yankees. I mean, the um, Indians aren't really 
an iconic franchise of any level. You know what I mean? So, so if if the the Cavs hadn't won the uh, championship last year, did you want the Indians to win? No, would you, still, would you... I still would have wanted the Cubs because okay. the Cubs are still the better story. Because like no one's, I mean, Cleveland fans care about the Cub, about the Indians winning, but the nation cares about the Cubs winning because the Cubs have been, I mean, you know, there are people, there are plenty of people who are alive when the Indians won. There, there's no one alive when the when the Cubs won, let, lest you be, you know, hundred. No, no one with a cognizant memory of it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So if you are 108, you you weren't, you know what I'm saying? So Yeah. Did did you watch all of game seven? Yeah, yeah. I think people are overhyping it as the greatest game of all time, but but it, it was a great game. And for me it was. For me as as far as watching. Okay. But I mean, but you haven't watched a ton of baseball games, I, I would imagine, of, of of historical value. I mean, I know the mo- most of the ones during my my time I watched. I think most people, you know, watched you know you didn't the watch, World Series. You didn't watch Game Six, nineteen eighty six, sir. Oh, probably not nineteen eighty six. Yeah, well, that, that that that's 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 the iconic joint with the Bill Buckner game. And I mean, but if you watch like you know, once again, it all comes down to Ken Burns. If you watch the um, Ken Burns miniseries um, baseball, you, you'll you'll see like all the the epic games in their you know proper historical context, mm-hmm. but. Um, I mean, I guess my problem with the game in and of itself is that there, there never was a lead change. Um, the Indians never had the lead, so that's that kind of lessens the 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 tale. But um, the rain delay made it live. I wish the rain delay was longer. Like if it was like like a two and a half hour rain delay, that just would have been like, man, this is this is bananas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought the game, just the ups and downs of the game, the way it started, I, I, I thought it was great. But this Game 7 drew uh, 40 million viewers. Yeah, it, it, it killed. Most since 1991. Braves and Twins had 50.3 million. That was a, that was a great series. And, and people still have not given it up for Jack Morris. Jack Morris deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I think Jack Morris and I think John Smoltz went into the tenth inning um, without giving up a run, and then finally, I think Smoltz gave up a run or whatever. Uh huh. They they had a thing. They were talking about the the um the amount of of you know like nowadays baseball so specialized and people don't go um you know they just go to the bullpen. Everyone's on a pitch count. And Bob Costas is telling the story of Juan, I think it was Juan Marichal of the um, the Giants and like a 41-year-old Warren Spahn, Hall of Fame pitcher of the, um, the Braves, I guess it was the Milwaukee Braves at that time, uh, faced each other in, I guess, like the early 60s. The game ends up in the 16th inning, ends on a Willie Mays home run off spawn. Both pitchers went the distance. <laughs> really? In a 16 inning game. And he said, you could watch Major League Baseball for the next 200 years, and I guarantee Never you, see you, that. You, you will not see that again. How, how epic is that? Yeah, well, I mean, you. I mean, look at the look at this World Series. Chapman was gassed. Oh yeah, 
I don't. I mean, I, if they didn't uh, win that game, there would have been some some real questions about how how Madden was using that staff. Oh yeah. I don't think he should have took Hendricks out. Hendricks seemed like he was doing fine. Um, through. I hate the idea of I'm pitching great. I'm pitching great. I'm pitching great. I give up a hit. Oh, we're going to the bullpen. It's like <laughs> that, that's not indicative of, of of a of a breakdown. Like one one base runner reach doesn't mean like I've given it. You know. I'm suddenly incompetent to to continue this game for one pitch more. Yeah. Now listen, the Cubs World Series celebration ranks as the seventh largest gathering in human history. That's great to hear. Seventh largest gathering in human history. In fairness, they weren't counting it in the um, 500 BC. I mean, the, the the list of just the list of some of the largest human gatherings. Man, a lot of them have been relatively recent, right? Uh, I don't I don't even know these words. Something in Iraq in 20, 2014. All I know the, is Rod the, Stewart's on there. The Arbean Festival. Rod Stewart co- concert in Brazil in 1994. 3.5 million. <laughs> That's pretty strong. <laughs> The, the funeral of this dude in Iran, that, 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 that's top in charge of the wheel. What's million. his name? Ayatollah. That's the Ayatollah. Okay. Ayatollah Khomeini. All right. He was a religious leader. 1989. Man, 10 mil. He, he, brought, he brought down the house. <laughs> you know, they already said that the largest uh, mass funeral, funerals, I guess, it doesn't count because it's, it's, it's a processional. But like Bob Marley and Brazilian Formula One driver Ayrton Senna, had like the largest um funerals in like recorded history but but maybe i'm wrong if i'm looking at this list but but yeah but those were epic occasions like you you just see like major cities and just like everybody's out it's like this is crazy yeah well speaking of the uh, of gatherings of humans they had the new york city marathon recently and once again a kenyan runner wins okay and this guy won for his third straight time he's on something Steroids. What is up with that? I mean, it's just it's, you want a marathon three times in a row. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Like, like maybe maybe he's the best at marathon running. I don't get it. It's uh, well, the deal is is it's the high altitude. Like like they're just you know your body gets conditioned to process oxygen and different. I guess that's why the the kings always you know. And there was there was a thing a few years back in which they said okay. If we can get Kenyans um, climatized to cold weather, you can dominate the long distance ski events as well. It, it didn't work out. <laughs> what do you think about uh, back to the Cubs real quick? What do you think about the LeBron James and uh, D Wade uh, D Wade bet? Yeah, it should be fun. He's, he's got to dress up in 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 full Cubs. Um, um, attire like full full uniform. You got to have the stirrups, the cleats, the whole nine. And I'm I'm salty they're doing it the first game because I'm going to be at the second game. Oh, okay, uh, the, the, the Bulls Cavs game at uh, Cleveland. Oh, okay, that's what's up. Yeah, I wish I could see that. Yeah, I've never been to. I've never been to an NBA game actually. Really? Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not I'm not one for 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 travel or live sports. I just don't care. I'm just I'm just caught up. Why, in my yeah. Own why world. is that? I don't really like live sports at all. I mean, like, cause, cause when, when you're, um, when you're at the stadium, there's a whole lot more inactivity 
than what you're cognizant of when you're at at you know watching at home or whatever. And I just believe, as Rudyard Kipling said, filling the unforgiven minute with sixty seconds worth of distance run. I don't even know who that is. It's the great. It's the greatest poem ever written, sir. If back to poems, tribe called quests. I saw Q-Tip in Kenwood Mall. Really? Yes, they were doing a show at Riverbend. Okay. I didn't go to the concert, but I was in Kenwood Mall, and I was going to Foot Locker. Uh huh. And I had to pick up some shoes, and there was a guy with a hoodie. Okay. Walking in. I thought it was strange this guy had a hood on. Okay. I mean, it, was, it was with one more person. I don't know who the other person was, but and it was Q-Tip in the hood, and he, he sits down, and I just went around the corner to see who it was. He's got a hood up. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that looks like Q-Tip. And he took his hood down. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? And he said, what's up? Okay. Shook my hand. This was this was back. This was back when they were they were really popping. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I also saw. Did you you should say you on point tip? And just walked away. <laughs> I saw Fife in Times Square. Really? Yeah, he had on a Mets hat. So you had and the a ho- Mets you, jersey. You had a home and away <laughs> with, 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 with 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 the the two rappers from from Quest. And and I I just got back from California. Okay, from L.A. And the so you you're getting the the the, the West Coast East Coast beef. You you're, you're trying <laughs> to sort that. You're trying to sort that out. I'm trying to start it again. <laughs> we ate at this uh this like lunch spot. In uh, North Hollywood, okay, with my my good friend Hassani that I grew up with, and he said that they saw Ali Shaheed Muhammad there before. Okay, so you see, I'm bringing it all together. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see him, but that would have been cool. I can say I've seen every single one except Jerobi. Jerobi would ne- never sometimes be sometimes why. Yeah, and, and sometimes why. How about Saturday Night Live, which you were talking about earlier? Yeah. Dave Chappelle's going to be the host. I hope this isn't corny. I don't think so. I don't think Chappelle would do it if it was corny. Like I, I feel like they're going to give him control. But- I guess. I, there's been so many times I'm like Saturday Night Live. And a lot of Saturday Night Live, I feel, is corrupted by the fact that when you were a kid, sketch comedy didn't really have a bunch of outlets. And now there's so many things that you see on like the bars that's been raised like the internet right you know um portlandia is, is super funny there's so many um tv shows that kind of incorporate ad-libbing and, and stuff like that and there's so many more like radical voices like even like um um uh, flight of the concords like the hbo show that that's that kind of make what Saturday Night Live does less, um, you know, radical. And then considering that you have to do it live, I don't, that does, I don't get anything from being the viewer of that. Uh-huh. And I feel like maybe if you did this, had it scripted and you showed it whenever it would be, you know, some of the skits might be superior. You could certainly see what worked well and what didn't work well. So, I don't know. And then I like sometimes when I remember like Damon Wayans was on there before and then they had him doing some in living color skits. So I'm like, I don't know if we're going to try to like recap Chappelle skits. You know what I'm saying? Like and bring some of those characters back out. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I want that now. You know what I'm saying? Like if you do like Prince now and it's kind of like, would that be? I don't see him doing that. He doesn't seem like the type that would want to bring that back. I think he would want to do new material. 
I would hope so. But but like I said, is is he writing the material or are they writing the material for him or is it some sort of a give and take between the two? I mean, I don't really know what to to expect with Dave Chappelle because you straight up haven't seen the cat yeah. in, in you know True. going on a decade now. Yeah. Well, what do you think about the Tribe Called Quest performance? I mean, they don't have Fife. I don't know what that is. I said, like, does Jerobi rap now? I mean, <laughs> what, what if it turns out we've never heard Jerobi rap? What if it turns heard, out he's good? We never heard Jerobi speak. I mean, I don't know what you do with that. Like, 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 okay, Tribe Called Quest has a new album, but inherently, you, you, one of your guys is dead. They say, like, okay, he, he, I guess he recorded these rhymes while he was still here. So, so the album will include you know, new Fife rhymes, but how do you do that? I don't know. It's 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 one of those things I'm super anxious to hear it, but I can't even, like, like give my blessing towards it until, because there's such a high degree of, like, man, this could go, this would go way to the left. And I was actually listening to, like, the Love Movement, their, their final album before this, and trying to, like, okay, where were we at? Because a lot of people, that that's, Mm-hmm. largely considered their worst album and just getting hip to it and just saying okay like where, where do we we leave off in 1999 with with, with quest and you know it's got some cuts on there but you know it's, it's still you know i wasn't too excited about that album yeah i mean but when it came out we had almost reached a point at which like all the native tongue groups just kind of like yeah. it's kind of the the energy had died down so so, you know, we weren't really looking at them as, like, those dudes anymore. So, I don't know. Like so I, I really well, don't know what to expect. I'm, I'm eager to hear it. Hopefully it lives up to the standard. But it's it's tough to take a 17-year hiatus <laughs> and come oh, back and be, no be doubt what will. you were. Yeah. I think plenty of people are excited. They'll, they're excited to see Chappelle again and, and see yeah. some of the skits he has. But and, that's what's so weird that you basically have two people yeah. who've taken – Super long height, like you have this rap group, and you have, you know, one of the top three black comedians of, of our time or whatever, both taking, you know, collectively a, a yeah. twenty five years off from the game, coming back on one night, and I mean it's gonna be must see t- TV, and I yeah. mean, and by the way, this is the this is the the week after the election, so you know there's gonna be plenty of that, so you know th- this is. You know, one of those potential Pantheon episodes for, for Saturday Night Live. Yeah, no doubt. Set your DVRs. Well, speaking of Saturday, too, let's talk a little bit about college football. Okay. I'll go over the rankings here. Alabama's number one. Mario's Michigan Wolverines mm. are number two undefeated. Right, Mario? Go blue. At number three, Clemson. Number four, Washington. Number five, Louisville. And right outside the top five, Ohio State and Glenn. I want your thoughts on their uniforms. Fire. Fire. That's all you have to say. Even Mario liked the Ohio State uniforms. And by the way, go blue. Why do they get to be be blue? Out of all the teams that wear blue, go blue is is, is the, the, the designation of, of Michigan. When 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 Maze is equally a part of your, your, your attire. Mario. First of all, don't disrespect it. Just just embrace it. I gave I gave Ohio State credit. I said they had nice uniforms. Oh no doubt. I mean, but that, that that that's neither here nor there. But go saying. blue is the staple, almost of of the tradition of Michigan. But you're, when you, you when have you say, two colors. When you say go blue, you don't think of any other school outside of 
Michigan I, football. I, I, do. I mean, you can say go big blue, and that's what UK basketball or just UK or, or, or sports blue. in general. I could say Blue Devils. I could say Go Blue. That means Blue Devils. Though. That's that's. Du- I could, I could think Devils. New York Giants. I could think of of of, of Yale. <laughs> There's just tons of teams that are that are just strictly blue. So when you hear when you hear Go Blue, the first thing you think of is what? Just the color blue going. <laughs> I think Crips. Like for example, <laughs> like Ohio State is scarred and gray. Okay, I don't know another team that has those two colors. But if but when you say go blue, that's a mighty wide brush you're painting with. But back to those jerseys. Uh, I wish they would they would just rock those from now on. Those are those are just killing. They they were from um, I believe 1916. It was the hundredth anniversary of an undefeated Ohio State team back when. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. I was wondering what was the deal. And the um, helmet was like 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 kind of like the, meant to like represent like a cannonball or something. And um, they had the stripes, hmm. like the gray stripes and the the number over it. But I really like the the socks and the um, the black shoes. But I guess it's a one off. They, they've been undefeated whenever they have like a, a variance jersey for for a lot of years. So I think I don't know, maybe the Virginia Tech game they lost with that one. But yeah, they've been they've been um, really good when they they break out the 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 different jerseys but then again they've been very good period did you know that they were going to wear those jerseys at the beginning of the year did they yeah. announce that so do they have any other jerseys they're going to wear the rest of the year no i don't know i mean sometimes they they were they went through a couple years in which they were doing something special for the michigan game but i don't know of any plans of that they have this one thing where they have the rivalry uniforms which is the helmet they use has like a thicker stripe and like the the um it's a little different block, you know, on the the um, the sleeve stripes and the um, the pants, or whatever. Uh-huh. But yeah, those, those those are dope as well. Now, do you still have faith that the Buckeyes will be in the championship game? Uh, not as much as before. They they go from. It's like there there's two different Ohio State games that they play, and it's one that they're super dominant, and it's one in which they're they just are kind of getting by, and I don't know how to to predict ahead of time when 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 that that team is showing up but i mean it feels like urban meyer does a real good job of like framing like the big game so like i think they were hyper prepared for oklahoma and it looked that way i was leery of how this season unfolds because they play michigan state and michigan back-to-back weeks and michigan state has been more of a problem than michigan here lately but Uh michigan state is having like a really bad year so if Michigan State is an easy game, then I'm I'm confident that they'll they could be able to beat uh, Michigan. But at this point, like they almost seem like they're 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 such closely matched teams that you I mean just the home field event. If they were playing in Michigan this year, I don't think they should be favored. Uh huh. So so your prediction, Ohio uh-huh. State. Yeah, I think they went win close of, over Michigan. Okay. Like some thirty-one twenty-eight type. Okay. Yeah. Good. So um, what I'd like to do now is present a new segment, okay? So this this new segment we have here, Glenn, is called Walk-Ons Against the World. Oh, wow. Yeah, so just so our audience knows, I was a walk-on to the University of Cincinnati, and I know what it's like to be that last guy on the bench, okay? So what I wanted to do was, in life, in life is reach out to different walk-ons around the country. Okay. 
and talk to them and get their perspective of life. That's what's at up. At the end of the bench. All right. So our first, our first player, our first, our first walk-on. Making history. Making history right here. 6'7", junior. And actually, he's from Madeira High School okay. here in Cincinnati. And he's at Ohio, the Ohio University. All right. The Ohio University. Well, you watch it now. <laughs> he's a Bobcat. Athens. His name is Sam Frere. Let's bring Sam on in. Sam, what's up? What's up? Nothing much. How you doing? I'm good. I'm just walking home right now. We just actually we didn't have this thing. Uh, some dude came and talked to us about like every athlete at OU right now about like just being closer and stuff as a whole program. Okay. It was sweet actually. I don't really know what just happened, but a lot of people crying and just telling stories and stuff about just diversity and coming together and. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool, actually. Did, did you cry? I almost did, actually, because this kid in my group had some serious stuff going on, and it was just pretty sad, actually. Well, there's and nothing. Play, there's nothing you can't do as long as you stay drug free. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Hey, hey, Sam. So let's just quickly. Can you give our listeners your your journey on how you went from? <laughs> Being a basketball player, averaging 13 points a game at Madeira High School, to being at the Ohio University as a basketball player. Okay. Um, well, my story, I mean, I obviously played basketball my whole life. Wasn't very good. Still, I'm not that good. True. Um, you can attest to that. Uh, I went to, I guess I went to Madeira. Uh, I played on a pretty good team my junior year. We had like 13 seniors. So I didn't get to play that much. But I got good minutes though when I got when I got in and I was more of a shooter, probably about maybe six two, small kid. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then my senior year, I grew six, like five to six inches. My senior year, going into it, so I was about six six. So I thought, I mean, maybe I could do some with his basketball stuff. Didn't think too much about it. Didn't really like basketball. Um, just played for the fun of it. And then uh, I had a good senior year with like my five best friends. And after my last game, it kind of kind of hurt a little bit. I missed a free. I I got a free throw violation because my foot was on the line. Thirty seconds left. Oh man, the fundamentals. Yeah, we lost. Fundamentals would always get you. <laughs> yeah, we lost by two, and I was just like, "Damn, like I can't." Right, right. This can't. This this can't be it. Right. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, I never played AAU basketball because I just. For me, it was just summer. Was just hanging out with my friends and working. It's that, a corrupt game. You don't you don't want to be involved in it. Uh. And that, <laughs> that's that's how you get recruited now. Is yeah. is really through AAU. And so you didn't play yeah. AAU. No. So well, I mean, the thing our joke on our team is anytime someone in our practice gets like a block and then a three pointer on the other side, they always try to say um, like, "Oh, you got a high major offer." Uh-huh. <laughs> and I and I never get that. I, I was always like, "What do you guys mean?" Like, <laughs> right, right. And they said, if it, I guess it's an AAU joke that I never got. Right. So after my senior year was over, I knew of, I knew Alex Meech. I'm obviously everyone says that who that guy is. And I thought about it for like Damn three right. weeks. I'm like, dude, I'm, I should just go to OU. I'm at least as good as Alex. <laughs> I know. I was like, I can play there. <laughs> um, so I kind of took a leap of faith and DM'd him one day like, hey, man, this is my story. I don't know anything about you. But I feel like you could help me get the, give me the tools to get there. Oh, wow. And uh, my high school basketball coach, uh, his son's the director of Office of Arizona, and he uh, kind of helped me out a little bit, give me some in touch with people. Met with Alex. Um, he said, "Give me a week," and I I didn't like that. I wanted to start the next day. 
So I met with him and started working out with him three times a week. Yeah. And then he got me in touch with people at OU. Uh, I got to go up there and play in open gyms, and I played pretty well and got to be with the guys. And then before you knew it, I was on the team, and it's it's been the best thing. I've been going into year three. It's been the best journey of my life. Uh, I didn't – like I said, I lost that last game, and I didn't think I was going to ever <laughs> – touch the basketball again i just started my third year division one basketball so yeah and you and you just recently scored yeah i got a big bucket on saturday we played an exhibition um it was actually we have three walk-ons four walk-ons on our team now oh wow they're getting off easy uh, they need to start letting those scholarships go (laughs) i know we uh we have some injuries this year so guys can't practice so we added two new guys and uh Actually, all four walk-ons scored in our game on Saturday. Oh wow! Which is kind of a cool, cool thing to happen. Like I don't know. If I've never heard of that. Wow. That's a, that's a yeah, record. we got we got in, and everyone started making buckets, and we all four of us were one for one from the floor. So nice. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's it's definitely a fun experience. It's not for everyone. That's the biggest thing. You got to know that. It. I mean, I, I'm, the thing about me, I wasn't the man in high school. I wasn't like the stud. Like we were a pretty even out team. No, neither was Alex. <laughs> what? Neither was Alex. Oh no, he wasn't. But like, but some walk-ons. I mean, you got to think about it. Everyone. I remember I used to be friends with this football player at UC when I was a young kid. I was just kind of a super fan, like one of those annoying little kids. And he always used to say, like, just so you know, when you ever get to college, you play sports. Everyone was the man in high school. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, you get to now, and that's the biggest thing is – and my dad always asked me about egos and stuff. He's always asking questions like, is this so-and-so happening? And I realized, like, you, if you got an ego like that, you can't make it this far. Those yeah. people fade, them, fade themselves out. Yeah, yeah. right. So, so you just got to kind of throw your ego out the door. So, so uh, real quick, Sam, to taking it back just a little bit, did you play with – uh, Benintendi, Andrew Benintendi in high school, or was he um, before you? Yeah, yeah, no, I played with him. Uh, I played him my junior year. Uh, he was uh, he was pretty good. He was a pretty cool guy. Um, I try to stay in touch with him. I mean, I'm not going to be one of those people who are going to hit him up all the time and like annoy the crap out of him. But I'll text him here every now and then. He texted me before my season started last year, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's what's up. Um, I worked out with him when he when I was a junior. I didn't play football. I once wanted to get big, and he was someone who was big, and I went to him and said, dude, can I live with you? That's when he was at Arkansas? No, this was his, this was his senior year. So my junior year, I'm like, dude, can I, I want to okay. work out with you. And I knew someone was kind of special about him. So I went and I worked out with him in the fall before our season when everyone was playing football and soccer because the soccer is pretty big at Madeira. And I got kind of close to him at that point. We were at the list, and we'd always golf a lot. And uh, he kind of showed, like, because he wasn't, you know, he's not that big, but he kind of put into me that you got to be strong and, yeah, that's one thing I take away from him is just pure lifting and oh, okay. attacking the weight room like it's a game. And so I was, we were pretty, we were, we were, friend, we were good friends. Um, I'm better friends with his sisters though, so I still kind of stay in touch with the family. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> nah, nah, not like that. Um, his sister goes, his sister goes to OU, so oh, okay. I, I see her a bunch. Okay, there how the women, how the women looking in Athens right now? Uh, I mean. Uh, they're they're good looking. I I got a pretty good girlfriend. Meech oh, knows God. that. I that's a funny story. Yeah, you um, you, you begged her to death. Meech Meech was the first. Hey, what, person hey, I've hey ever, you get I how you told. get it. Meech was the first person volleyball girl. I met this girl at a party my freshman year, and and, and, and what, I called Meech the next day. Yeah, what'd you say? I said I love this girl. I said this yes, is it. This, this, 
I'm like, this is the one. And a year and a half now, we've been we're friends. My freshman year, so I did in end of the summer, and it's been a year and a half now. So that's how you do it. Yeah. Now, 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 tell tell Glenn this story. You you love like people think I love Michael Jordan. I'm convinced you love LeBron James way more than I loved Michael Jordan <laughs> as a basketball player. Would, would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, uh, I do actually. Um, I toned it down a little bit. Uh, I do. I mean, my one roommate in our house, we have jerseys hanging, and whenever the Cavs play, I put all four of the Bron jerseys up. Uh, <laughs> now, 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 t- now, tell Glenn, you used to leave tickets for LeBron. Uh, yeah, we played the Q last year for versus Cleveland State. I left him a ticket just in case he just needed something. <laughs> I don't know if he knew anyone there. Strangest but, thing happened. And you wanted, I mean, you wanted to wear a LeBron James jersey underneath your OU jersey. Uh, I actually I wore a whole LeBron James uniform and shit around just in the queue before the MAC tournament. Oh wow! So that was I just I, I don't know I just think him as like a person he's just and I get heated when people I I don't think he's better than Michael Jordan I'm not gonna say that but I think it's kind of disrespectful for people to like to freak out when they hear the the, the, yeah, the exactly. thought of it. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's what I don't like. Yeah, to this point like, career achievements that they they they're, they're yeah. really kind of neck and neck. Yeah, and then people say oh LeBron didn't go to college. There's 124 other players who's played more games than LeBron. So like that doesn't you can't use that like it's not his fault that he like I mean, Jordan didn't have to go to college. The same thing about yeah. Plus, age is age. Like, who cares if you went to yeah. college? We're, we're, we're comparing you when you're a 22 year old player. So, how good? Are you I don't there? think people people don't get how amazing it is that he's he's 31 and he's the tenth on the all time scoring list. Yeah, and he can That's play. Though he's, he's he's 40. He easily. can play. Yeah, he can play eight more. He looks like he's 22 right now. That's the. I just think the the stuff that the ridicule and the. I mean, this, the whole social media aspect is huge too. Like, yeah, every Le- LeBron likes an Instagram picture. Everyone's going to know about it. Yeah, and Jordan, you never knew about. I mean, and he's I think, never I mean, been injured, both, uh, really. Yeah, and I've never even I've never seen Jordan play. That's the one thing I hate when talking about basketball. Like guys on my team, especially my coaches, I won't argue with them. The guys on my team, we don't see Jordan play. Like I don't see Jordan play on a Tuesday night versus Suns. Yeah. Right. I see the flu game and like game six and all that stuff, which yeah, it's amazing. But I don't see Jordan I, not locked in playing the Bucks on a Thursday in Milwaukee. No one sees that. Yeah, I can attest Jordan was very good. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm saying he's very good. Yeah, like, yeah. But I know what you're saying. Like when people make an argument, back, like it's yeah, weird when people want to make arguments that never saw yeah, somebody. They're just gonna see LeBron. I mean, if you got LeBron, technically beat the best team ever. The Warriors, they were the best record, and he. Did three one and came back and was the best play. He led every single player in every single statistical category, which yeah, it's epic. So, that's unreal. So, Sam, tell us, uh, t- tell listeners the story of how your dad took a selfie with Young Jock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, is a good, this is another meet. I always, I got a specific story I got to meet with because some people don't get it. The meet gets it. So one night, my dad travels for a living, so he's always all over the place. My dad is like the goofiest guy. We had dads looking up here this weekend, and he's just a funny guy. <laughs> He is. And one night he sent me a picture, but he didn't send me a message. Like he didn't, he just sent me a picture. And I was like, is that young jock? <laughs> and it was like young jock in a car with my dad. Wow. And I was like texting him and he wasn't responding. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? But I knew he was in Atlanta. And he's working on finally his, his trap he, album. He called me. He called me and he was just like, yeah, I was at the gas station and I was just filling up my tank and this car rolled up next to me. And there's all these like little girls came up. All these like, my age, like 20, 21 year old girls came up and screaming and young jock wasn't having it. 
And my dad, being nosy Eric, went over and said, asked him straight up. He said he went up and said, who are you? Like, what? what's the big deal? The young jock. And I guess young jock liked my dad and messed with my dad a little bit. And, like, they talked. And my dad <laughs> and my son were probably like, if I take a selfie with you. And he said young jock didn't take any pictures of anyone else but my dad. That's funny. And then you, <laughs> and, you forwarded it to me. I was dying. <laughs> oh, it, it's like my dad, like, got, young jock's still in the car. And my dad's, like, leaning down with the window. It's great. <laughs> It is. So how many points have you scored in your career? Uh, just in college. Geez. Just in college. College. Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, count of the exhibition game. I've scored two. So I've got six career points. Six career. Do yeah, you... but I got I got 14 rebounds career, I believe, or something Ooh. like close to that. All right. I got a, or I'm getting close to 10. Okay. Will you get my... the career triple-double? That, that, that's, that, that's, yeah, that's, well, that's the goal. My we got thing for. was... But I don't know the whole Mark Titus the the, the Ben stuff. Yeah, the trillion. Uh, he no. Well, he said he wanted to just look at it from one forty minute game, okay. and that's what I'm trying to do. So one forty minute game. I'm at like twenty one minutes right now, and I just have like six points, ten boards, two assists. Um, if I can leave with a double double, I'll be fine. Here, here's what I want to do. I'm going to challenge you, and I, I texted you this the other day. I'm going to challenge you to beat my single game record. Of seven points in one game. That's, the thing, you guys, this is what we have. So we have walk-on code. I'm not making an excuse, but our walk-on code is when we get in, me and my Drew and Jalen, once you score, you can't shoot again until everyone else scored. That's our thing. So we get, we couldn't be some Who made this pretty, up? Oh, I hate that. Like, I, if you're on a break? Our, I need to be a guest speaker. No. <laughs> no, like, if you have a breakaway, like, okay. go do you. Like, okay. Jalen can definitely, he can freak some, he's athletic as crap. He could between the legs and if you have a break, but our rule is like, we try to get everyone to score. I got you. Because last year we were playing, uh, oh, we're in the Virgin Islands. We're playing Norfolk state or something. We got in and it was Jalen's first game ever as a freshman. And drew hit a three Jalen got a bucket. And then the next time down, it was a two on one with me and him. And he took it in and missed the layup. And we kind of, after the game, we're like, come on, man, you got to pass me the ball. Right. Right. But, no, I'll try to go for seven points. I mean, if I hit a three, I might um, pull up the next time down. You you gotta you gotta go for it. I challenge every walk on to that. I, I did it under thirty seconds. Yeah, that's unreal. That that's mean. But see, I think the difference though was that the, the dynamic was a little bit different when I played and when I got in it was like everything was around yeah, around me scoring. Like they wanted me to get as many points as possible. So I, I, yeah. I get the dynamics a little bit different. Yeah. But so so um tell everybody what's your major and what do you want to do when you get out of college? Uh my major I'm I'm a communications major with a sports administration minor. Um I want to be around the game of basketball the rest of my life. That's what I've really want I I know for a fact it's what I want to do. In what um, in what capacity? Just college basketball. I want to be I want to be a division division 1 head coach. Okay, um, I've seen be a coach. The, the impact. Yeah, I've seen the impact that our coaches have had not not me necessarily but just guys on my team um, and just bringing somebody to it together and the stuff that can happen. I think that's just like the coolest thing, like not saving someone's life, that I'm not, but just helping someone, just giving someone the best chance at a life that not many people have a chance to live. And I want to be able to do that and just be around basketball. It's just kind of, I never get sick of it, I guess. Good, good deal, man. Well, hey, we appreciate you coming on the show, and we want everybody to check you out. Uh, hopefully, you get yeah. in, you get in a lot of games. We should be good this year. We we should. I mean, I think we got the, we got the best two players in our league. So, what's your social well, media handles? Uh, my Twitter, I think it's just Sam Freyer. 
underscore or something like that. It's, I, I keep How do you it not pretty, know your Twitter name? I, it's it's Sam Frere. I, people always get mad. I never change up anything. I don't have any like nicknames. I get Instagram some weird stuff. I like National Geographic. I mean, me probably sees the rhinos and we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll post it on the link. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'll hyperlink you. Hey, quickly tell tell Glenn real quick about the uh, the the whole walk on um, uh, text message group. Oh chat yeah, you guys yeah, have. yeah. So we got this. So uh, last year I was like, looking on Twitter, just bored in the bus, and coming one day, and I was just uh, Twitter search walk ons. And I saw this like walk on frat, so it's like a walk on frat Twitter, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd be and they have like we have a they someone wrote a paper on it, like we got a group message. So at that time I was like, Let me, I want to get in that. So at that time there was like twenty five dudes from all across the nation. Uh, there's Gonzaga, Wichita State, Utah, Kentucky, um, Missouri, Florida. Everyone's like this big majors, high majors, low majors, just a bunch of different dudes, and it's kind of kind of some like guy talk is kind of like just fun stuff. And then there's also just kind of the whole situation of like, what does everyone go through? What is, who gets to practice that much? Like, cause some days I right. walk on me, snows, you don't do anything. Oh yeah. And like well, those, those days it's just like, yeah, dang. Like you just feel like, you don't feel worthless, but it's just like, you're there, you stretch and then you sit there. Yep. And we just kind of, it's cool to, to know that like, Other you're not the only person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like our producer. And it's that, yeah. It's just kind of knowing. And then it's like being able to play each other and, like, we played Ohio State. There's a guy from Ohio State. It was kind of cool talking before the game. And we actually, there were some guys from DePaul. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. we played them in the Virgin Islands. And we had, like, the last night uh, before we kind of could, we hung out with them on the beach and we traded gear. And oh, cool. that was pretty cool. Yeah. And, like, cool. we all followed on Instagram. And it's kind of just a, kind of just a little brotherhood that everyone has. And just, it is the cool thing is, like, showing everyone the gear you get and just kind of realizing that you're, as this one kid says, everyone. Very few people get to be a Division One basketball player, but even fewer get to be a Division One walk-on. So, <laughs> yeah, I like that's, that. I like yeah. that. Wait. Yeah, that's Joey Lane. Joey Lane from Ohio State. He's a he's a good follower. He's a good guy. You guys got to get him on here. Okay. Well, I'm gonna need your help getting uh, getting a hold of some of the oh, different walk-ons. Yeah, got, so, yeah, I got everyone. Okay. Sounds good. Hey, Sam, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Good luck the rest of the season, man, and uh, keep working hard. All right. All right thanks, for guys. All I right. appreciate it. Talk Take to you later. Yeah. All right. See you guys. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, Sam's a good. He's a good story of a of a kid that pretty much nobody knew about uh-huh. in the city, and uh, he really flew under the radar because he grew so much. Yeah, yeah. He went from being a guard to a power forward. That's like 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 Pippin esque. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, the donut challenge. The donut challenge. Won't you uh, talk about that a little bit? Krispy Kreme just keeps on on on, on knocking it down, man. And I don't like it. I mean. I don't know, man. I mean, no, no, tell them, tell them the matchup. Uh, it was Krispy Kreme against Duncan. Okay, and I mean, you know, Duncan hangs their hat on donuts. It's not like this is a secondary proposition with, with, <laughs> right. with the Duncan folks. I mean, maybe right, it's not may, like Kroger, right? Yeah, maybe they um, they enjoy making coffee a little bit too much um, over there. But but right now, the the Krispy Kreme glaze. It really wasn't close. Okay, I, I expected more from Duncan. Really, I'm, it I'm, wasn't even close. It was. It was so standard. I mean, I mean, put like this: Kroger's and 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 Duncan is a fair matchup. I didn't feel like 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 Duncan, and it was it was a different league. It, it was it was almost like um, 
it's like Alabama or, or 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 the Patriots. Everyone else is kind of like like feels like they're they're playing for second place right now. So Mario, you also ate the the donuts. Why don't you chime in real quick? Well, I'm gonna have to go ahead and agree with uh, with Glenn on this one. Uh, the Krispy Kreme donut is uh, by far superior. Now, uh, more so than uh, the donut of Duncan. Okay, so I, I'm I'm not totally you know I'm I'm a little not into the hype with uh, with Krispy Kreme, but I will say that when I went to buy the donuts today, the guy at uh, Dunkin' Donuts was was, was seemed kind of, high. He was definitely high on something. He was yeah and, he was he was out there. And that something was not life. <laughs> but can I can I say this? And it may be a fair assumption just okay. because. All right, so the glazed donut is like the standard. It's almost like the staple of donuts, right? Yeah, Correct. exactly. Yep. But I think if we were to venture off and test other types of donuts, maybe with toppings such as sprinkles and or chocolate, <laughs> I think that Dunkin' Donut would be probably better. But, with, but I mean, I, I guess we're saying um, um, with the glaze – we're we're getting we're getting the the, the base the base product so yeah. it would be almost like saying who makes a better pizza and then saying well they make a better um you know pepperoni pizza but but they don't make a better cheese pizza you uh-huh. know what I mean it's yeah. kind of like 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 I don't want to judge the quality of your toppings I want to judge the quality of your donut yeah. so so you know I guess that's, that's where, where where we're at but it just seems like right now. Through three weeks into the season, <laughs> that that the the totality so of 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 the it like it feels like there's a degree of like inflation with the other donuts that that their their um the flavor isn't baked in to every bit of it like it's like they're, they're puffy and you're eating air and you're not getting pure pure donut flavor in in every in every bite while the Krispy Kreme it it just seems like it, it it's a hundred percent flavor like like they, all through it. They put their soul in it. You can you can put it like this. You feel that the Krispy Kreme donut at this point is is um is, is slump proof. That 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 every every time they don't have an off quarter. They they go into every game focused and and by the second quarter it, it's, it's clear that they're, they're the better team. But I do think that. There's one donut that I've had in the past maybe two months that could top it, and that's from Holtman's. Holtman's Donuts. Well, we, 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 I've not we, had Holtman's yet. We, we may, but was it a Holtman's Glaze? Yes, Holtman's okay, Glaze. Okay, all right. That, that might be one of the ones we're, we're, we're holding out. I mean, you know, I, I, I made the, the bold assertion of the, the Remke Biggs, so we might go, <laughs> we might go, go Remke Biggs and then, and then finish it off with Holtman's, so. The donut challenge is still alive, and, and Krispy Kreme is still still surviving. Next week, we're, we're back on with the donut challenge. Uh, yeah, hopefully, if, if if somebody doesn't forget, <laughs> <laughs> hey let's let's let the uh, let's let the listeners who are not familiar with Fife's lyrical ability, let's let them get a <laughs> a little listen to the great Fife dog. Mario. I tell you, man, the devil's trying it, but I'm going to stay strong because I ain't buying it. Tonight I'm taking Chevy out. I don't have Jack to wear. You know I got to look dipped in the fresh to get. Cool, I found something, so I iron it. I think I caught up on the phone. Oh, shit, I'm crying it. 
Will someone tell me what did I do to deserve this? I think I'll pull out my seat for Sunday service. My little brother wants Barney, cool, I'm getting it. Took him down to KB, they ain't selling it. Here we go with the crime, yo, he's throwing fits. My blood pressure's blowing up, I can't yeah. take the shit. This is, Finally, that beat, this that beat me. right there, Glenn. Oh, yeah, this is to me the, the definitive Fife song. Um, what is it called? Six Million Stories? But it, it's um eight million. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but what I really like about it is the the hook is I'm having problems, and it kind of defines like the underdog um um persona of of Fife, and he's just he's just railing off all of the um you know j- j- just difficulties he's having uh, on on the day to day, and it kind of like like comically portrays kind of like like an underdog's lifestyle, and and it. it to bring it back to sports, it ends off with the the, the famous line, uh, with all these trials and tribulations, yeah, I've been affected. And to top it off, Starks, Starks got ejected. ejected. Number three, John Starks always was effing around doing doing something <laughs> something ridiculous and, and and Fife being a huge Knicks fan. That that was that was the capper to a uh uh an otherwise horrible day. So let's go ahead and segue right on into our last, uh, one of our last segments. And that is going back to the 80s and 90s, looking at old R&B, hip-hop artists. Today, we're going to look at Dana McLeese, born in 1965. <laughs> He's 41 now. Fort, Fort Greene, Brooklyn, New York. Better known as Dana Dane. Wow. Dana Dane with fame. The rapper Dana Dane with fame. Now, Dana started off in high school with a crew called the Kango Crew. Yeah, yeah. And that was with Slick Rick. The ruler. The legendary Slick Rick. Here's the interesting thing, and Glenn, you and I talked about this. Yeah. Slick Rick, okay, has an English accent. Yes. Okay. Because Slick Rick is, is in fact, English. Correct. Dana Dane... Has an English accent. Yes. Uh, where was Dana Dan born once again? Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> never was outside of New York to get an accent. Ne- never. That's so bizarre. For for years. I mean, I even thought everyone thought that. Yeah. Yeah. They they were both from from. I guess they. I don't. How did I never it, figure out how Slick Rick got to New York? But I guess you just figured that that both of these cats were from London. Yeah. Well, the, the the way he explains it, Dana Dane, is he says that the Kango crew it was Slick Rick, who obviously has an accent, and then there were two other members who uh, I think they were Jamaican, okay. and so they had an accent, and he was the only one without an accent. So he thought it would be cool to have some sort of accent to be a part of the crew. So I still think that's cool. He he would he would rap like that, and he he says in an interview, Dana Dane does that he he said he he did other shows like so he would go you know to let's say uh Philadelphia and he would do a show with Big Daddy Kane and Big Daddy Kane would meet him or whoever it might be and Dana Dane would be like hey what's up and he'd be like wait oh, a minute yeah. what you don't have the wow and he said it would happen every single time and he yeah, like listen that, that's good just reason. that's that's just a you know kind of the stage thing yeah that, that's is that not biz- bizarre? That's bizarre, and I mean, I'm, I, I've I don't never, know. They're, 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 I've always felt like Slick Rick's career is like, like probably the biggest disappointment in in, in rap history because, like, 
he was so unique. Like nobody mm-hmm. else was even, you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 you know, nowadays we talk about someone having a lane. Like he had a lane that just nobody was in. Right. Like, like at all. And it was kind of like you only got Slick Rick music from Slick Rick. And it's almost like as he kind of faded out, a, a genre died. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. he, w- he was the genre in and of himself. It would be right. like if Sade, like when she doesn't make an album, there's nobody who comes along like, oh, this album's like a Sade album. It's right. Like, no, it's not. It's, right. it's only, you, you are a genre unto yourself. And like, you know, I always say Slick Rick was the first cat to really like, like sing equally, a, you know, a rapper who would just have a, a song in which he was not rapping. He was just singing. And mm-hmm. it was just like, we was all good with it. Like we didn't regard that as like, oh, he's he's selling out the the craft or whatever. Sure. But back to Dana Dane. What 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 the hell? <laughs> so Dana Dane, he, he was with the Kango crew and Slick Rick, and then obviously they broke up, and Slick Rick went and did his own thing. Well, Dana Dane ended up uh, signing a record deal with Profile Records back in 1985. Solid label. Yep. <laughs> Solid label for '85. And he released. His album, Dana Dane with Fame. <laughs> why did, why did I, he add with fame? I, I, I don't know. I liked it. <laughs> in a, a certified gold album. Okay. Yeah. His first, uh, For 85, that's, that was major. Oh, yeah. Big time. And his uh, debut single was Nightmare. And then his biggest single was... Cinderfella. That's Dana right. Dane. That's right. Once upon a time, it was the scene In the project that they call Fort Green They live the young man, send the fellas his name To make it interesting, it's me, Dana Dane I live in a house with my two stepdad And two stepbrothers who treated me bad I cook, I clean, I scrub the floors And I was like an Evan boy running to the store My brothers, they used to boast and brag We've got fresh gear and you've got rags Even worse than that, to make me feel old They gave me a straw hat while they had kangaroo it's it's different listening to it, knowing that he, he doesn't have the yeah, yeah he's faking that accent because it, it's a bad fake I guess. But what's weird because people who who are English sometimes like like when you listen to Adele you're just like oh this this chick is from England like like yeah. when people sing but then you do have some people who have like the. Um, like the English brogue accent that 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 it comes off, you know, like that that you know, like you hear like plenty of Irish singers, like you two. I don't sense that they're Irish when they're singing, and then you have like the Pogue, and it's like the whole point of this cat is like singing like he he's he's super Irish, right? And like like Oasis, like like they almost kind of like exaggerated, like the Beatles. Some songs you get that they're 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 English, and others that you don't. But I'm I'm. I'm all in favor for it. Like, like I, I'm always toying around with the idea of making an album. I'm, I'm, that might be my stick. You'll make an album? I'm going to make an album as, as a British rapper. <laughs> I hope so. Now, Dana Dane operated a clothing boutique in New York City. Okay. In the late 80s and 90s. <laughs> okay, whatever. How about that? His brothers had fresh, fresh gear and he had rags. <laughs> so, in 2009... <laughs> we're making a jump. We're making a big jump. <laughs> I don't know what happened between that time. <laughs> it was a little downtime. He in, had a coma. In 2009, he released his first novel called Numbers. Oh, wow. That's it. Day to day, baby. Day to day. Numbers. And he has a, uh, he has a uh, uh, Sirius XM 
uh, satellite radio show with classic hip hop. Okay. That's what he's doing right now, too. <laughs> That's Dana Dane, baby. Hey, what can we say? Yeah. So, so here, here's the question um, Is he rich? <laughs> oh, that's 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 your. Is, is he still rich? Ah, uh, I don't he, know, man. He, he can't be. He can't be. You know, what I was thinking about the other day. Uh, do do they, they managed to hang on to some money? Ruben Stuttered. <laughs> Ruben Stuttered can't be rich now, right? No, no way. Yeah, that's Mario's saying yes. Mario, Mario, we're gonna have to look that up. That might be a challenge as well. Is Ruben? Every week we have a Ruben Stuttered challenge. <laughs> Ruben Stutter just got his master's degree. Okay, according to Mario. So apparently, not not, not in, he's not not in the, the the singing. Oh man, yeah. <clears throat> really quickly, uh, before we leave out on Dana Dane, he has four albums: Dana Dane with Fame, nineteen eighty-seven; Dana Dane Forever in nineteen ninety; Rolling with Dana Dane in nineteen ninety-five; <laughs> and last <laughs> it took but five not years to make. <laughs> last but not least. The best of Dana Dane. Oh wow! In I don't. I don't count that as an album. Well, you remember Chester, the song about uh, yeah, yeah. child molestation, <laughs> which 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 was lightweight cut, but but still bizarre, very weird. Yeah, yeah. D- addressing social issues, Dana Dane. That's odd. He was on Rap a Lot Records for for a brief period. Man. I mean that, that that doesn't seem like they're yeah it doesn't match up yeah he never released anything with I, them but he he was on there I I hate to hear that the people people are on labels and they never come out with material yeah well I tell you what man we've covered a lot we've you know covered we covered a lot we were off for a week so it was uh yeah. it was time for us to cover a lot of issues good show yeah yeah hey let's uh we want to thank mario as always mario we don't thank you enough we don't we, we don't thank Mario enough he he's, he's he gets a he gets our cutlery for the donuts and, and, and no one ever <laughs> no one ever says a, a word of gratitude so oh so hey hey uh we appreciate everybody listening and i'm gonna um end the podcast with this i'm prompt with my business and i do things on the double yo i'm out like buster douglas i say peace too what I'm not familiar with that. that, that That's line. Fife Dog. I know who it is, but I don't. I don't. I don't know that line. You don't know that line? No. I'm, I'm out with, the with my business. I do things on the double. Yo, I'm out like Buster Douglas. I say peace to MC Trouble. Rest in peace. Oh, okay. Well, there, well, there you have it, man. Come on, man. Thanks for listening to another episode of the No Further Comments podcast. Yep. I'm your co-host Alex Meacham. I'm Glenn Riley. Peace out till next week. Stronger together. <laughs> 